Cheers. All right, we're going to do this. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, listener. Uh, welcome back to the Come On Red Men podcast. As you'll know, we usually start this a little higher energy, but nothing has happened this week. We've been bogged down by international friendlies, the UEFA Nations League, if anyone that watches that cares. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. My sentiment exactly. So what we're going to do is have a pretty low-key episode. We're going to touch on last weekend's EPL fixtures uh, and the results of those. And then we are going to get into some other things, a, a couple of current events, but mostly what we want to discuss is a hot topic for all football fans all over the world, and that is rules, regulations, what we like, what we don't like, what changes we want to see. VAR. So, well, that's the big one that uh, we're going to end on, probably, because these are all subject to VAR. Um, so let's start, uh, why don't we start with last weekend's matches? I, if you, the more keen listeners are going to hear that. My voice is a little bit different because I've We have been, keen listeners? Uh, we've got at least one. <laughs> <laughs> no, Kenny, that's a shout out to you. Thank you for listening because you're constantly referencing our podcast and we appreciate that. And Cheers. all of the listeners that have given us great feedback. So one other thing I want to talk about right before we get into the football is we got a bunch of fancy new recording equipment, so we should sound better despite the fact that I've got sick voice. I'm still going to have a Nolan accent, though. Well, that's unfortunate. Why don't you pull your <laughs> mic closer, because I think you're too far away, right? Oh, my gosh. No. There you go. How's he sound? Good? Like a uh, discount Sean Bean. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That means he's going to die in the first episode. Oh, we're in the first season, so he is going to die. He's a discount version, so it's hard to kill him. (laughs) (laughs) Like a stretch Armstrong. Listen, Sean Bean never goes out easy, for whatever it's worth. There's a couple of things he's lived in, right? Uh, No. There is. Did he die in Ronin? No, he didn't. Okay, there you go. go. That's my favorite Sean Bean role. Outside of Lord of the Rings. Can we get back to the uh, anyway, podcast? Sorry, sure. As we were going, so we've got some new equipment. We've got a, we've got a lot of new things coming on the horizon. Um, most of which you'll see after the World Cup break. But first things first, we got proper recording equipment. Everyone has their own microphone, Woo-hoo. and we have a mixing board. And well, that's it. What about talent? Do we get any talent? Not we're yet. We're not still yet. waiting. It's, it's on the way, but I checked my Amazon account and it says your package may arrive late. I know a old jolly fat man we can write to who might bring you to this. Let's, uh, let's talk about match week eight. I was laid up in bed all weekend, horribly, horribly, horribly sick, and two COVID tests later. I was kind of hoping it was COVID, so I knew what it was. It was not COVID, so I was just miserable. Um, so I watched. Speaking of miserable. Um, Everton West Ham. That is miserable. Thank you, that for that very, very fluid transition. I'd rather watch uh, rice boil. That one, I, I just don't have anything to say about that. West Ham were awful. Everton were also awful. They were just slightly less awful. Yeah, I mean, I didn't watch the game. I mean, I didn't <clears throat> want to suffer through that. But um, I, I did follow the um, minute by minute commentary, and uh, yeah, it, I believe the words dire, abysmal, atrocious. Lack of talent, all of those things were mentioned in that uh, yeah. in that text stream. Um, 
Unfortunately, the worst pile of garbage, the Blue Nose Shite, won. 1 0. Yeah. Yeah. That's their so, first one of the, the season. Probably keeps Frank Lampard in a job for a little bit longer, but is David Moyes now on the chopping block? Uh, well, that's an interesting thought because we've got a couple of managers that could be on their way out, especially now that we've already lost two. Well, yeah, I mean, anything. If Tuchel can go, then anybody can go, really. Well, did anyone always... guess those being the first two to go? No. Hold on, hold on. No. Chelsea has been Chelsea. That's true. Okay. Yeah, but none of us guessed anyway. No, none of us mentioned it. No. No, but what goes on behind closed doors, we don't know. I believe I had Eddie Howe going out first from Newcastle with a few crappy results. No, no, no. Did you really? Might have done, yeah. Rogers was up there. Rogers. This shows you that we don't listen to our own podcast. Well, that would be weird. That's like Metallica wearing their own t-shirt. Come on, man. (laughs) But fans do wear their own t-shirt at concerts. What concert? You know what? Anyway, moving on. (laughs) So, Everton, West Ham, shite game. Uh, But Brentford, Arsenal... Yeah, uh, a very different Brentford derby. This is the North London derby. Sure. Okay. I mean, the North I London derby is really Spurs against Arsenal, but yeah. um, but Brentford is really Brent, a, Brentford is in West the London. West London. Okay. It's I a know. London derby. <laughs> yeah. That's about it. All right. That's One of eight or something. I think we're up to is it seven or eight? Yeah. Okay. Right on. But right Brentford, on. Brentford weren't as a didn't play as well as they have. Um, well, previously but, there was a lot of drama in that that result from last. Year when uh, Brentford won, yeah. yeah, and then they said, "Nice kickabout with the boys." Exactly. And what did uh, was it? Gabriel Jesus said he tweeted back at Ivan Tony. Yeah, week, nice yeah. kickabout with the boys after a three 0 victory. Uh, what did you guys think of that game? Other than Arsenal still being the Arsenal we come them, come to know them as. Yeah, Arsenal looking really good, really awesome. strong. Um, I didn't think Brentford played terribly, and you know, just Arsenal were too good from. If we play the way we're playing, Arsenal are coming second after City. Yeah. That's the way I see it. Do Arsenal beat us right now? Oh, yeah. They would kick us out. Oh, reminder. This is still a Liverpool podcast. Yeah. I got that. But I think Arsenal beat City right now, too. Ooh. I know. Controversial statement. Oh, man. That's going to that be is, such That's going to be a great game. It is. But here's the thing. So, Jesus and Zinchenko <clears throat> are getting back against their, um, but their old team. Jesus has four yellow cards. Oh, yeah, he can miss the Liverpool game if he gets a yellow card in his next match. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of a, a small, big story. Come on, but referee. Here's, here's, <laughs> here's how he should have done it. What he should have done was a yellow card, uh, like taken off his shirt, got a yellow card. Purposefully. Purposefully. Yeah. Got the five. Fun. Then he'd get the band international break. Yeah, but he'd still have to serve it October 1. Yeah, yeah, it's the band doesn't like the band carries on through games. It has to you know, I get that, but he comes back. That's it, and then it, he can continue on the rest of the season. Oh, now yeah, instead of playing a tightrope, so he would miss the October one res- fixture, yeah. which would then put him on against Liverpool on the eighth. Yeah, interesting. But that's how he should have done it. He should have done it's it really for the break. Yeah. yeah, yeah, true. Now if maybe Arsenal's just not scared of Liverpool, and why would they be? Because we haven't given them a reason to. Yeah, yet. unless they watch the Bournemouth match and nothing else. Uh, so Arsenal are still awesome. How about Wolves Man City? Uh, the only thing that surprised me about this match was number one, uh, our boy Jack Grealish getting karate kicked by, uh, Ireland's Colin, what's his first name? Nathaniel Collins? Yeah. Um, who's, I, I think a really strong player. I don't know what he was thinking with that, that challenge. I thought you were going to say the surprise was the score wasn't larger with that 10 men. The, and The other surprise, the fact that they were down, they played really well with 10 men, which yeah. we've yeah. become comfortable with. But also City, I think we're going through the motions a little bit. Yeah, for sure. For sure. They, they weren't piling it out. 
Yeah. Um, City our City, Holland had a great goal, uh, Grealish, I, I know that's his, only his second start this season, right? Because he was Sounds dealing right. with an injury. Yeah. Or maybe it was just Pep being Pep. Or he got a weird haircut. Or he got a, <laughs> no, his haircut that he's always had is still weird, same weird. Um, <laughs> he looks like, he's sitting out so no one sees him. That's exactly yeah. what Tom was going with. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, exactly. That would be Jack Grealish. Do do you ever see him out and about? Like he was in Vegas, like briefly, and there was a picture of him, and he literally looked like someone out of Oasis. Like you could just put him on stage with. You I know, think he looks Liam more like Kira Knightley. I wish he looked. Like <laughs> Knightley. No, I don't. Well, he he did have a really really. Kira nice... Knightley can kick better. <laughs> I watched like. Film. I don't know. Did you see his his goal? What was it like? Minute one, right? Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. They just came out, blitzed them, and there was no stopping that. And then Holland, of course, had a great goal. I don't even remember who scored. The yeah, third, Holland's goal, where, he, where he's in the air, just like on the for outside. the second time this season, he's scoring aerial wrong goals. foot, wrong side of the foot. How does anyone do that? It's ridiculous. It's like a, pray, a machine. praying mantis. He literally is a machine. I know that's what they call him, but you, yeah. you watch him, and you're just like, no, you are the Terminator. You're just as ugly and just as unstoppable as an actual Terminator. Yeah. Unreal. Anyway, any other thoughts on that? No, no. Wolves are shite. City's good. Anyway. Sorry, Laurie. Yeah, Laurie. We're, we're quietly rooting for Wolves, but oof. Um, Newcastle Bournemouth, 1-1. And I, I said this when we were talking about it. Newcastle, the only... It doesn't surprise me that Newcastle keeps surprising me yeah. with how they're playing. They just have no identity as a team. Well, Bournemouth have seemed to grow a spine as well since... Uh, I can't remember who their new manager is, um... Didn't they just appoint Davidas or do some something like no, that? No, that was um, that was uh, Brighton. You're right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't remember who Bournemouth's manager is now, but um, but yeah, he's he's uh, definitely. They, have they they haven't appointed anyone yet? I don't think they may have a caretaker, but I, I, yeah. anyway, it doesn't matter. Just really, whoever is in charge there has you know put a spine into the team, mm-hmm. and uh, they're not as they're not just going to roll over. Uh, which is you know he's making improvements there. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it'll be enough. Um, I think they'll still go down. They're going down, but um. But yeah, Newcastle. It was a pe- it was a penalty. So, if it wasn't a penalty, it probably would have been a one nil win for uh, Bournemouth. But Bournemouth played okay in the game. Um, they, uh, but Newcastle are flippy floppy. That's that's Nick's point. Yeah. And they um, play up and down to their. They play position. they play Spurs. Yeah, it's the crazy. style of Spurs. I, yeah, flippy floppy. Like they're 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 way more frustrating to watch. It's like watching Spurs and Atletico at the same time. They spend more time on the ground than they do on their feet. And they did it against Bournemouth this week. Again. Just yeah. I, used to, I mean, they used to have a soft spot for Newcastle to be the Northern team and all. But, um, but the mag lies. Oof. Oof, that hurts. Mm. I don't care that it's cool. You sound like a tabloid. I don't care. I don't <laughs> That's care. what they were right. They, and you know which tabloid I'm talking about. The oh, Sun. Yeah. Uh, it's the Sun, isn't it? Yeah, we don't say we that don't word in this that house. Word here. Oh, sorry, guys. You see? You see? We don't say that word the, in this the, house. The Daily News. I apologize. <laughs> um, the the so, good old rag. So, um, so yeah, Bournemouth, uh, Bournemouth won, Newcastle won, and then what? So do, do we take anything away from Bournemouth drawing with a team that is supposed to be an upper mid-table? No, I think you said it. You said it right at the beginning of this. It's um, Newcastle's just been Newcastle. Okay. They, they play up, they play yeah. down. You never know what you're going to get. So that is their identity. They're still, well, they're still looking for their identity, hence... But imagine, them buying do, some more players. Do you remember like Newcastle with Kevin Keegan with Ashley Cole and um, and 
was it Power One Shot that uh, played it for them as well? I don't know who's, um, who else did we have a call, but it was a fantastic, entertaining. It was all about the entertainment. That's how Newcastle want their team to play. And Eddie Howe has some of the assets to do that. Um, is Iska is is great. Trippier is great. Isaac. Isaac. Yeah, I knew I got it wrong. Um, Isaac. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and um, yeah, some weeks they play. I won't say it's entertaining football, but it's vibrant football. But there's all of this shithousery and yeah. diving, and that was never Newcastle, and they're just not known for it. Teams with style, West Ham and Newcastle were both known as teams with style, and their fans want you to play that way. Liverpool too, Leeds as well, Forest, all teams that well, historically if... were, with, yeah, I said Liverpool, um, all teams that historically played with style, and gosh, it's a... Uh, it's painful to watch. It, it is. Newcastle just doesn't exhibit that at the moment. And disappointing for many how in some respects. I, I was watching some um, highlight reels of Ian Rush the other day. Oh, my gosh. What a player. Well, Rush was great. Um, and it was. It was style. There was class. There was like this. Fluid. Yes. Yeah. It was pass, pass, pass. Go. I, he still played in the, in the era of crappy ball technology, crappy pitches that they were playing on as well. Oh, they're horrible. Um, you know, to make it look bad. It could, yeah, I, so I, was telling, I was telling Neil the same thing while you, while you were upstairs that uh, I was doing the same thing for the last couple of weeks. I'm just finding these old games to watch, whether it's on LFC TV or on YouTube or whatever. Oh, man. I find them on Twitter, like Liverpool history, uh, things that happened on this day and stuff like oh, that. It's awesome. It's so much fun to watch. Talking of Twitter, we have a Twitter now as well. We do. Can you give us the uh, the handle? I will give you the handle we'll, momentarily. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Uh, Neil, can you finish your thought on uh, Newcastle? Because I really liked where you were going. Well, it was just really that um, they used to be an entertaining team. And the Eddie Howe used to play entertaining football. And they've got some of the players and some of the pieces. They'll, they'll spend more and they'll assemble the team. Um, and they will, I think, get their identity back. The sooner they get out of this falling over and time wasted and shithousery, the better, and as soon as we get back to uh, Eddie Howe with a quality team, it'll be it'll be fun to watch Newcastle. So then let me let me ask you: Do you think the shithousery is really bridging the gap until they can get their finances up to start bringing in top quality players, or is this really what they're going to be? Because if this is I don't what think, they're going to be, they're always going to be. I bad. don't think Newcastle fans will stand. This is not what Newcastle is about, and it hasn't been what Newcastle is about. Um, it's a weird phase they're going through. I don't think it's a planned bridge while they bring talent in, though. Okay. I just, I don't know. It just seems to be a mentality that's crept in at the moment, but it'll disappear as fast as it's appeared. Okay. All right. So there's still an interesting side to follow, maybe not watch. Yeah. Um, Spurs Leicester was a an absolute bloodbath. So this was the the I literally by by this point in my day on Saturday. Well, it was a goal fest. It was ridiculous. But it wasn't. I'm sorry. I'm not a big Spurs guy. I, I don't. I don't like Spurs. I don't like watching them play. And even six goals, it was still like the most boring six goals I've ever seen. It was nice to see Sun come on and in 15 minutes score three goals. That's fun. He was top goal scorer last year with Mosala. He was, and he's had horrible form up to this point, and then got benched. And it was he came on, and it was like, yeah, bench me again, and this is what's going to happen. So, we saw that, but um, who's the uh, Dyer, Eric Dyer? Yeah. Had yeah. a really, really good header. 
Yeah, we saw Verge. Verge missed one almost identical to that against Ajax, I believe it was. I'll still take Verge over Diet. 100%. That's not even a conversation. <laughs> but it was but still yeah. a nice goal. I mean, Dyer and Maguire, who we hate. Um, Slabhead. The two of them for England, they got a lot of aerial goals in the last uh, in the last World Cup. And well, um, well what heads that? I was going to say, they've, heads got, the they've got motors, <laughs> and engines on their their shoulders. They're, like it's, and they're both shaped like a V eight engine. They look like <laughs> morons out there. So, so yes, Dyer scores. Dyer scored, yeah. Uh, Spurs um, song gets a hat trick, and Spurs end up with six and win six two against uh, Leicester. At least two of those goals, if not three, were from corners, hmm. which Leicester are known for giving up more corner goals. Well, than Leicester, any other another side. blue team like Everton and Rangers, are shit. Who are shit? <laughs> yeah, um, something with that color. It is. <laughs> Moving along to Villa State. Oh, so Brendan Rodgers first to go. Brendan Rodgers was to go. No question. Bye-bye, baby. Baby. Bye-bye. Villa Saints. Villa won. Saints nil. We already kind of talked about that. And I don't... Gerard is crap. Um, Villa win. He keeps his job. Yeah. Southampton. Poor man's even if he Doesn't have the palm trees. Even oh. if he wins another two. <laughs> There's just some things you come to expect on this podcast. It's uh, Mets references and palm tree oh, references. Palm trees. And uh, right. I'm going to keep it up. <laughs> Bournemouth being a lovely sunny... sunny. <laughs> That does have palm trees. It does, yeah. I Maybe that's what to... threw Newcastle off. They're from the north. They've it never seen never palm seen trees. Them, no. They were distracted. They didn't score that extra goal. <laughs> All they know is a big giant wall. Blue Star Brewery. Bottle of Dog. Newcastle Brown Ale. Oh, love a bit of new stuff. I really don't like Newcastle Brown Ale. <sighs> so Villa won yeah. Southampton nil. Anything um, to take away from it? Um, no. No. I have nothing to take away. I watched it and I don't remember one play. I don't even remember who scored the goal. Saints are one of the only teams that we refer to as the Saints. And Wolves. We, we, we also, yeah. So we're going to talk about Robin Hood against the Cottagers next? <laughs> yeah. So. Sherwood Forest. Sherwood Not Forest. Nottingham Forest. The biggest surprise from... Sheriff of Nottingham, though. The biggest surprise of this fixture was that Mitrovic didn't walk away with a goal when Fulham scored three. So yeah, Forest two, Fulham three. And, um, Forest are going back down, aren't they? No, I'm going to stick to my prediction. They're going to finish the best of the three promoted teams. Because I'd say Fulham are looking really strong. Uh, look, I agree with everything you're saying. They had 721 touches in the game. 500 wow. uh, Fulham. Fulham. 555 passes. Yeah. Two, 540 touches and 375 passes. So the question I have on Forrest is, <clears throat> did they buy too many players? 23 incoming players, I think it was. Bus. They added two uh, free transfers, I believe. That's what I said. It was 21, so but I think they added it's it's 20, it's it's 23. 23. It's a 22 or 23. Yeah. yeah they, they, how, do you, how, do you, how do you do that? Well, if they did play with all of them, it may, may have better results. And now that with the international break, they're not even going to get a chance to, to play together because um, they're all going off back to their own. Hold on. So you could have more than X amount. So you have 25 on a squad. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. But you can have under 21s. They don't count to your squad. So you can bring in 40 players. But if half of them are under 21, they can technically oh, yeah, play that, and not that, be that registered. That wasn't my point. My point yeah. was just that they brought in all of these players. They had a successful year last year. They, they played with some sort of unity. Mm. Cooper's now brought in all these players. And I don't think he knows what to do with them all and how to take all those players and put them into a uh, into a team that can actually compete. Well, they also got 
pillaged after they got promoted. Too. Well, a lot of those are low knees, though. Okay. Yeah. Even still, it was so not, it's not they're the filling the gaps and preparing for the future. They are. That's exactly what they're doing. They're looking to, but they, they have to. It's a very delicate balance for Forest because preparing for the future in the championship isn't what you want. Yeah. Um, they're trying to they're trying to be mid mid table with players coming through. Um, it'll work out so, okay in the long run as long as they don't get relegated. What, this year. So what you're saying is they should have focused more on staying in the Premier League and doing that next season. I think you need a little bit of both. They need to bring yeah. some proven talent in to stay to stay in the in the Premier League, mm. and then you need to constantly be looking for the future. You can't just bring a load of old has-beens and keep you for one season, and then you just get relegated the next. So that isn't what you want to do. But Forrest seems to have taken it a little bit too far. I, I hope it works out for them. We've all said well. You know they don't they don't have a sponsor on their kit. Ooh. Yeah. So that's so uh, to answer your question. Yeah, Forrest too much too soon. Um, anything else on last week's results? Match week eight? You keep calling it that. We've never called it that. Go <laughs> all of the pundits call it that. Watch more television. Fair enough. All right. We're going to take a break. Don't sing a sad song. No, 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 no. We want a happy song here. We want to be able to sing. I, it's it's built for. I, t- the I tell you what, you know, if we sign Jude Bellingham, the I cop. Say, if we sign Jude Bellingham, you'll I say, do this show in your underpants, like Gary Lineker, match of the day. No, Tom, <laughs> Tom will sing "Hey Jude" for you. It'll be out of key, and you'll never be my friend again. <laughs> I'll still be your friend. I'll just mercilessly make, mercilessly make fun of you forever. <clears throat> I say we do it as a trio. Like the Kingston trio. Oh my gosh! Time. Why does this give me flashes to like John Burns and and Stan Collymore rapping and yeah, stuff? Yeah, that's it. We were the Anfield rap. We'll give you a Hey Jude version when we, when we sign Jude Bellingham. So, listener, if you haven't caught on yet, the news this week was that Dortmund want a hundred and fifty million dollar transfer for Jude Bellingham. Who Is that how much they wanted for your hat? I see you wearing a the Borussia hat tonight. I wore it because uh, I, well, I've already mentioned it a couple of times. I like Dortmund. They're my Bundesliga team. Yeah. Okay. Like Since we're just on the free roll tonight, people give me shit for liking another team. Like, I should like Liverpool only. Like, They're wrong. Yeah, yeah. it's nonsense. Like, I love, I like Ga- five teams, I I love Galway United, even though we do poorly. Second in the league right now. We beat Cork City. Nice. I know. Well, I mean, I think it's weird if you've got two teams you like in the same... I mean, you can't have them in the same league. No, it's but, right. Like I am not a huge fan of Galway United, but I will follow their games if I can get one on TV. I'll watch them. Mm-hmm. But Barrow, Shamrock Rovers. Yeah. Okay. So the Barrow thing. I've always been one. If it has to add up to a hundred percent, which I'm a bit of a stickler about, I hate this. Um, these scores in schools Nerd. in America where it's like, oh yeah, she got a hundred and three percent. No, she didn't. But anyway, I digress. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> you need it's math. It's yeah. No. Yeah. It's math. You can't have more points than there were available. That's hundred percent. Anyway, um, you did more, but you got a thousand percent quarterback rating. So so yes. Um, so when it comes to football teams, I'm ninety nine point nine percent Liverpool, and that last that last point one percent is for Barrow, my hometown team, and so so it's never been a problem because we're non-league, but. Um, 
if ever, and it could have happened in the FA Cup, if ever Liverpool played Barrow, I'd have been rooting for Barrow. Yeah, you would. Over underdog. Liverpool. Over Liverpool. It's, okay. it's and, the underdog um, story. And Barrow are now in Division 2, and if we climb up into the Premier League... Not going to happen. I, it, it's not going to happen. But I would, I think, Shame, abandon my... Um, Your love my, for the Reds. Liverpool for Barrow, and I know that may sound that is sad, but just, it's just to me. I don't think if you live in London, you should be a Liverpool fan. So wow, you just did that. I did. I just I think you need to support your local team, and Liverpool was my local team. Now right? in like, London, there are lots of local teams. That's fine. Support your local team. But what I'm saying is, some people can live in London and have like Enfield. You can support Enfield. Welling United, Bromley. That's okay. That, they're non-league teams. Yeah. I'm fine with you supporting a non-league team. But then you get closer and closer. You get places like Crystal Palace have offshoots of like what teams around them. Yeah. Well, you Wimbledon. Know, Wimbledon, exactly. Yeah. So, so yeah, I just... I mean, people have given me shit for being a Liverpool fan. You shouldn't be a Liverpool fan. You live an hour and a half away. So, but literally, Liverpool was my closest top flight team. Carlisle was my, my closest league team. But um, I think it's okay liking different teams, and he's certainly liking okay liking different teams in Europe. I like I like Dortmund, and I think I mentioned this last week. I like them because they're the underdog to Bayern. Yeah, yeah you do. I mean, there's the year. Klopp connection, obviously, and and that's interesting. Two collection too. So I'm a VfB Salzburg fan, and the reason I'm a VfB Salzburg fan is because when I was in a conference in Germany, I went to a German Cup semi final where I don't even know who they played, but it was in Salzburg. And uh, so, yeah, I became a... It's the only... One of only two times I've been scared in a football stadium. And I've been to a lot of, Yeah. What, was the other one Millwall or something? The other one was Leeds. Ooh, um, that is kind of scary. Yeah. Uh, a, a Leeds game when the Leeds actually did well and the, the whole crowd just surged forward and I couldn't breathe and the whole crowd was just... Oh, there was a crush? Yeah. Wow. A crush, so, a bit. so, yeah. So, um, so yeah, oh, I was, was scared that, then. Was that like was, the 80s, 90s, early 90s? It would have been the, the late 80s. Can I plug something real quick for some, I, I guess, technically, but just on that really, really quickly. The Guardian Football Weekly this week produced a podcast about um, what happened in Paris. at the Yes, they did. Yeah. Yeah. People are suing them now. Yeah, 1,700. 1,700 people, yeah. But there was this really, I love how really... the British person said 1,700 and the American <laughs> person went 1,700. How fast can I say this word? 1,700. Hey. Efficiency, man. <laughs> Got to keep it moving. Uh, says the guy that gets too bogged down by. Look, I did it again. Uh, the Guardian, the Guardian football podcast, uh, Football Weekly, with uh, some people whose names I can't remember, did a really, really it's good. It's a great run. advert so far. Well, it was it was more of a documentary. It wasn't the usual guys. I, I don't yeah. remember who it was. It doesn't matter. But if you're listening to this, that means you have podcasts. So go check out Guardian Football Weekly's. Uh, how much are they paying you for this? <laughs> They're not. It was just that good. It, it was. I'm, I'm telling you, it was just that good. We are a Liverpool podcast. Huh? I don't know if you remember that. It, I, so I read a lot about it. I didn't uh, listen to the podcast, but I read. Um, sorry, I didn't listen to their article, but I did read um, a lot about that that situation. And um, I saw things about you know Henderson's dad won't go to a game again. Yeah. And, um, yeah. But he there was won't be at the World Cup. There's somebody else. There's one of the Liverpool players. He's um. His, but do you know what? It really his, annoys me anyway. Cause this ticketing thing. All ugh, the whole thing. Could. Listen to the podcast. Read the articles. They're all really, really good and really insightful. The French have never been known for their efficiency. <laughs> Look, Germans. Yes. I remember when you could put into Google 
uh, French military victories press I'm feeling lucky and we go did you mean fresh military defeats I remember that that was my favorite like 14 year old thing to do I didn't know still do that I showed another student at school the other day <laughs> yeah it was it was really you got to keep the trend on no? anyway I, I'm sorry so you were getting crushed at Leeds I just wanted to, to put that in there because the it's, it just dropped yesterday. Well, no, Crystal Leeds, and then the foul pitch took out, as I was going to say. Um, they're my favourite German team, but the only time I've been scared because the, all the fans came down, there was fences around the stadiums at the time. You know, yeah. They got rid of them. Since. They, oh, in, in England, they got rid of them, but um, in Europe, in Europe they still have they fences. Still have them, yeah. yeah, and so all the German fans came down, and they were just celebrating, but they were jumping on top of the fence, and it was flexing like a trampoline and just bending back and forth. And um, given what had gone in England, when I saw fans doing that, I thought all oh, hell was going to be break loose, and there was a lot of German um, marshals. What are they called? Stewards, stewards with big dogs, and it looked a bit scary. So yeah, uh, but Firefish took out. Sounds like German you were team. at Millwall. Well, they've got they've got like true ultras too, with the gas and the the fireworks and everything, yeah. where they coordinate the whole. And they've got the I believe they're. I hate to say true this. True ultras. Come on, the cop. Is your true yeah, original ultra? It, we just don't need to give ourselves a name of ultra. Come on. Uh, no, I know, I know. I hate I'm that. Just saying, and also, I'm ultra, just, by the way, has a lot of connotations with the far right, particularly the Italian game. Yeah. So, so that actually is something that I was going to say. Like, I'm glad that the cop is not yeah. lumped in with all that. The kind cop. Of stuff. Because like, they literally call the the guys that coordinate the all of the stuff that happens in the ultra section. They call them capos. Really? Yeah, officially. Cop Copites? K-A-P-O. And if you know your history, that's not something you want to be called. Um, but anyway, moving on. To but the, the cop used to be a family thing. Yeah. Like, seats were handed down generation to generation. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that brings me to the ticketing thing again. Um, just how, A, expensive tickets are gone, and B, how hard it is to get a ticket. Like so, the price of the tickets. I'm going to uh, say something that I really don't like at all. But um, Roy Keane, oh God, I said it. <sighs> he was one of the first. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> he was one of the first people to say it, though. He, you know, uh, he called them the prawn sandwich brigade, meaning you know, the only sophisticated people of the corporate classes who only came to games to because they had a corporate box and caught. New stadiums get built with all these corporate boxes, and it's not for the fans, it's for corporate hospitality. It brings a lot of money in, and yes, we talked about some of the prices, and we'll go back to I've done the 150 corporate. million Jude Bellingham in a minute. But, I've, um, I've done corporate at Spurs. Yeah, they've done it, you've done it. I've done it personally. You just go to a restaurant, oh, and there's football going on down there. It's kind of like that, yeah, yeah. It's literally like you're in a restaurant, you eat, you go watch the first half. You're not allowed to bring beer out to the like your seat, nothing, even though... There's nobody around you. The fans are below you. Yeah, yeah. And so, so it's yeah. not enjoyable. But that's what hated every minute it of being looks there. Very gross. But that's what drove the ticket price up, and that's what's made games uh, unobtainable. And you know, the internet hasn't helped with the secondary market for tickets because that has inflated scalping prices man. too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's taking you know the dodgy guy scalping tickets outside the stadium. I've, it's I've, now whole corporations yeah. doing dodgy. Oh, they're ticket in sales. bed with the people who sell the tickets yeah. officially, which is yeah. disgusting. That should be illegal. The most expensive ticket I've scalped, 170 bucks to go watch Aston Villa kick Liverpool's ass in the semi-final FA Cup. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Watford, Liverpool at Watford. 
Ooh. Spent three hundred bucks on two tickets Ow. for my dad and I, and it was the you know one hundred and fifty tickets. It was yeah. the last t- game I saw with my dad, and so uh, um, it was actually a very special game. It was also Salah's debut. So. Oh wow! I would love to watch Liverpool lose it, but then I got to see it happen live. It wasn't lose. It was three we weeks. we can organize this. Oh, like, draw. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jude Bellingham, one hundred fifty million. Yes. Um, oh, playing for Tottenham, they've slapped that price on him. So nineteen years old. Okay, but this is what this is what you do if you're Dortmund. If you're selling anything, and you know that there's a market, of course you go out there and you think the market's like a hundred hundred million is what people thought the market was. Mm. Of course, everybody's come to expect a hundred million. So you come out there and you're like, it's hundred and fifty guys, and um, and if they get ninety, they'll be happy. Well, here's where I'm going to throw stuff at you. So how much do you think Holland is actually worth? Compared to what's it just compared to what the how much what, he's 50, worth now? fifty six they million paid pennies on the dollar for yeah. that. But After we don't start. we don't know how they're paying off the other fifty grand for or fifty million for him. In, at minimum. In what regard? So he what he was fifty six million, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. Yes. So significantly how many, less how much, than Darwin they keep reminding us. Darwin was Darwin was sixty five, couldn't rise to eighty five. But but wait, wait, wait. No, eighty five that can rise to no. It's 65 to 85? Okay. Right. Sorry. How much appearance fees are Dortmund getting? How much goal... Uh, You've been playing too much football manager. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. These are all... <laughs> but these all come into play. No, for sure. Right? For sure. So, yes, they may have paid 56 mil up front, but they may pay 120 mil over the course of the next three years. Now, is that because... No, that's including, like, if they win Premier League, if they even get, like, further... In the Champions League, they have an incentive to... And yes, I do play a lot of football manager. <laughs> we know, Tess. Um, Thanks, Jude, man. Jude is an incredible so, midfielder. Yes, he's, he... He's and that's what we need, but we're not the only team that needs an incredible 19-year-old. Not the young, youngest youngster to uh, make big moves. Um, well, you asked about Holland. Yeah. How much do you think he's worth now that we know what he can do? In the Premier League, that's the, that's the big test for anybody. Yeah. I, mean, yeah. I don't rate Mbappe until he's played in the Premier League. I don't 100%. rate Messi until he's played in the Premier League. Ooh, that's fight talk. I know. And you know what? What's he going to do? Punch me in the belly? <laughs> he won't be able to reach your exactly. belly. No, no, he's going to go right he, for the He'll become a knock cocker. <laughs> oh, sorry. That's a cock knocker. I was going to say, I'm not sure that what, is, he's what that right is. For the, right for your speed bags. Speed bags. <laughs> He might struggle to get up there too. He's a short fellow. He is indeed. Anyway, we don't. But that by the Jude same, Bellingham. Jude Bellingham. <laughs> by that same token, we do kind of know what he can do. Has he played for the England side yet? Not that. Yeah, he really played, yeah. played today for England. Did he really? Yeah. How do you? Do? Oh, I mean, how do you do? I mean, well, they lost one 0 to Italy, but yeah. um, but Jude Which Bellingham was the one of the bright spots. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. So Mbappe, 180 million from Monaco to PSG, at the dire age of. 18 or whatever, yeah. 17, whatever he was. So I has forgot 18. about that. And that was, that was, what, four years ago? What was it? Main Man was 200 million, though, wasn't he? To... 222 million. 222? In, in fairness. And how old was Neymar then? Sorry. Neymar was 18 or so. No, 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 20, yeah, 22 maybe, actually. Yeah, sorry. I don't have it on my notes. In, in fairness, I think Neymar, and I think history is going to be kind to me, even though this is not the narrative now. I, and I think I've said this before, too. I think Neymar is the better player than Mbappe. Ooh, interesting. I do like Neymar, and I like. Mbappe is a great scorer, but I mean, do you know what team he'd be great at in the Premier League? Newcastle. Who? 
Oh boy, Neymar. would he ever! Neymar. He is. Well, there were rumors he was going to potentially be transferring there when when they said Mbappe wanted him out. Do you know what team Mbappe would be good on in the Premier Liverpool. Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> but I think Neymar would be good on Liverpool too. I don't. Oh, I wanna, yeah, no, I don't. No, no. Oh, I love Neymar. I don't care. I know everyone hates him. I like him. I like him. I don't know. I don't want Messi. No, I don't. Neymar. I don't want Ronaldo. Definitely don't want Ronaldo. But I'll take. So Mbappe. let's say. All right. And I would take Bellingham. Just, just as a weird aside, we're going to say Bellingham, and then the other four you mentioned, which are widely considered the four best players in the world. Who do you want? You can only take one. Right now? Yeah, of those five. So you get Messi, Neymar, Mbappe, Ronaldo, Bellingham. On that list, what? I would take Mbappe. Yeah, really? I would take Mbappe, too. I, I would honestly take Bellingham, and I'll tell you why. Not because he's the guy of the moment, but because 19 years old, a lot of room to grow. That's at least three years under Klopp. Yeah, it's $150 million, but... Mbappe I mean, is 22. Three years under Klopp brings him to 25. That's the peak for most forwards. Sure. I don't care. Like the peak of Zidane in we midfield don't, We don't need a forward right now. We need a midfielder. And I want to win the league. And I want to do it while Holland is at City. God, and I want to jam it down my throats. And I think that could be that that like truly great midfielder could be the key because imagine, and I hate to say this because I love Jordan Henderson. Take Hendo out, and you put Bellingham in with Fab and Thiago. That team looks very different, does it not? I don't know. I mean, with our back four, yeah. mid three, and then front three. Look, I want Bellingham, and Bellingham's most likely one of those are not. Um, and so what you said with Bellingham, yeah, sure. It's a, it's, it's, it's a better team than we've got right now. Mbappe um, is a selfish player, by the way. We've seen that happen in real time. I, as yeah. opposed to this solid, a lot of, there was a narrative around Salah. He was selfish, he was selfish. He's got one of the highest, like, creative stats of all players in the Premier League right now. But you're always going to get that. You're always going to get that player that's going to show more promise than the others and want to score more than the others with a little bit more fire or whatever. And yeah, people are going to say he's oh being selfish. He's not passing. He's taking those shots. Yeah, but he makes that shot. You're going to celebrate it, aren't you? Yeah, but taking bad shots that he misses instead of passing to a wide open man that can make that. But shot. How many times has he like knocked one in from way out of the box that you thought it, that could hit the post any sure, second? Sure, but, but if he many, doesn't take that shot, you don't know if it's going in. But how many times has he has he also completely blown? Like, I actually don't know that quote correctly. But <laughs> how many times has he completely team. flubbed his lines by not passing the ball? Not yeah. that PSG needs it because they're going to walk through that league. But I'm just saying, like in a Premier League side, if he pulls that shit, that's it. Yeah. And I don't want him doing that in Liverpool. He's got a bad attitude for a kid that young. He's got room to grow, but I'm not impressed with Mbappe as a. Let's go back to Bellingham, though. <laughs> With, but that's what I'm saying. That's why I would pick Bellingham. I don't want the other three guys because they're aging and they're not. But 150 million, do you want Bellingham? If I, it's not I, my money, of I course take I him do. for 80 million with lots of incentives. Couldn't you get for 150 million um, Gordon from Everton? Or um, do you think Gordon is worth more than Bellingham? Todd Cantwell? Or are you saying you no? Can, I'm saying you could get him for a lot less. You can get a better couple of people. Todd Cantwell. He played for Norwich. I don't know if he's still there. He's pretty handy. Um, I would have liked to see um, Conor Gallagher when you know Crystal Palace loan. He went back to Chelsea. Um, could you prize them away for eighty million? Um, I, don't, I, I, I don't, I'm being 
you know, I, I did hear the number 90 to 100 million uh, banded around for Anthony Gordon, and that's more of a forward role. Mm -hmm. But um, I'm just saying that is 150 million too much? Could we get better value for money with somebody else? Would we want two players for 75 million so, rather so, than one Bellingham at, at 150? So let me answer your question. 19 years old. We know that by the time Klopp's contract is up, it's going to be time for Liverpool to completely commit to a rebuild. The kids I just mentioned, Cantwell, Gallagher, I can't remember the third one, are all okay. young. Yeah, and they're, you can they're get them for a lot cheaper. No, no. I, I know, I know. If this is going to be the But are they proven as much as Bellingham? Well, well, that's what I'm saying. Bellingham has played and had success in Europe. We know that he has success in the Bundesliga. Is he's he played for Birmingham City and he's played for Dortmund. And he's doing the business for Dortmund. It's the German league. It's not that good. Sure, Haaland... It's a two-horse race, yeah. Yeah, sure, Haaland looked excellent and is excellent. But I don't think that means that Bellingham's not proven yet. I, I see where you're coming from. My point is, that is a... Listen, and maybe it's because... I have such a hard-on for Steven Gerrard. But having that attacking midfielder, you know what I mean. Is that really an American phrase? You guys are all grimacing. Yeah, at kind of. All right, it's, whatever. Moving on. It's uh, That attacking midfielder, you, you, build, you build your team around a kid like that. That means you completely build your system around someone that can do the kinds of things that we've seen him have the potential to do. Now, yes, you're correct. He's doing it in the Bundesliga, which... It's I, I say it's a two horse race. It's really not. It's a one horse race with another horse that's kind of right there. You mean it's a one horse race with another horse with three legs? <laughs> yeah, because basically. because the actual horse that's really fit keeps taking your legs. Yeah, exactly. Although Bayern I think this metaphor might be getting a little stretched at this point. But Bayern, I just heard some kind of like it's like crazy, the island. There's some kind of crazy. They're stuff. actually just using their organs. Bayern stopped buying players from Dortmund. They haven't in uh, quite a few years now. But either way, I, I get your point. And yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on, on Jude. And maybe it's stupid of me. And So you're in for Jude for $150 billion. It's not my fucking money. I'm not supposed to say the F word. No, yeah. you, you, you can't it's say that. this whole time I mean, that's, the that's ridiculous. Because if it's not my money, I'll, I'll say, oh, I'll pay a billion dollars for, for Mbappe. You know, you can't make that statement it's not your money. If it was your, if you're Liverpool, would you spend? If, if I'm FSG, FSG, I actually like what what timeless Tom was kind of getting at. Timeless right? Tom is that what you just called? Timeless, timeless Tom. Tom. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> I sound like a seventies like chill band. Timeless Tom, hi. <laughs> yeah, on the bass. Uh, I like what Tom is getting at. Let's get him for eighty million and then just backload a ton of incentives. And if he is the player we think he is, then he'll earn them all and. Whatever, but yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, if it equates okay. to eventually being 150 million, then that means he's good enough to have spent 150 million. Yeah, no, I hear you, and I was okay with 100 million. I um, it's getting a little rich for me um, at 150. Um, but they also know there's other people interested, and there's some teams like Manchester United. God, I two references in one podcast today. Scum. Um, Weren't you seeing their song earlier too? We don't have to talk what, about what that. Doesn't happen on the mic, what, what doesn't happen on the mic stays off the mic. Um, 
Okay, you were just you were just educating me, but now you're actually singing it. I've been defending you all night. You just spit in my eye. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm a status quo fan. Sorry, status quo or whatever they say over here. No, it's status quo. Is it? Yeah. All right. Whatever. You guys say you have accent. No, no. You have accent. Anyway, Jude Bellingham, 150 million. Nick says yes. Tom says eighty million in incentives. I, yes. no, 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 no. I agree with Tom. I agree with Tom. If it equates to one hundred and fifty million, I'm okay. But if it's on the back, then so Jude Billingham. So the other question Bellingham. is, does he have a release clause? Well, that's the other thing. What are his wages going to be? Once you oh. buy him, then you got to pay him. Everything's for sale. Um, that's a very American thing to say. It is. Everything's for sale. It, it is true. Okay. I, it, it, there's a way of going about it. But even if the club says somebody's not for sale, it's just it's just true. If he's offered a billion dollars for Bellingham, he's for sale, whether yeah, they say he's, he's not for sale or not. No, I agree. No trophy is worth a billion dollars. No. Yet. Well, they said that about the million pounds. No, exactly. Trevor Francis, yeah. Nottingham Forest. Very good. Well, on that note, we are in on Bellingham for the right price. No, I'm not. For the right price. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ready? Sorry. Take that back. <laughs> Cut that out, Tom. <laughs> no, don't no, no, we won't. <laughs> That's what you get. Gosh, you and then uh, we take we're, a break. We're yeah. taking a break. Welcome back, listener. I hope you had a good break. Tom and I went and saw the stars while Neil spoke to a beloved one. It was Venus. No, it was Jupiter. It's actually Jupiter. It was Jupiter. Jupiter and two moons. We Venus. literally saw Jupiter with two moons. That's what happened there. Uh, we're going to talk about rules. And Neil, we're going to start with... So let's talk about why we're talking about rules first. Well, no matter what match you watch, there's always something that happens. And some guy in the pub, often me, yeah, uh, but, say. but often other people too, Yell out something like, oh, there's no way that was offside. And but most of the time... Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. No, you're always the guy that goes, nope, that was offsides. And it's like against Liverpool. And you're like, shut the... I don't care whether it's against my team or for my team. The rules are the rules. And yes, I'm biased like anybody else, um, particularly in fouls. But you're meticulous I, is what you're trying to say. I, I'm tr- I try to be consistent. I try and evaluate it. Every incident, regardless which team it is, by the rules. And there's nearly always somebody in the pub who, who, and it's a different person. I'm not picking on anybody here in particular, but but it's a different person all the time. It says, no, he was offside because of this. Or no, it wasn't a foul because he took the ball. Or, no, And I would say more than 50% of the time, the statement that the person's making about, no, it's not because of this, it's just flat out wrong. And that isn't what the rule states. And you're and, usually right. I, I will give you credence. You know the rules very well, and you understand them a lot better than... I wouldn't say whether I'm normally right or not. Um, no, I'm saying you're, you're yeah, no, normally I appreciate, right. I appreciate it. You, um, you do give good call every now and again. So, I, yeah, I'm also I'm very football happy. rules. Yeah. Happy being wrong, too. I mean, it's... Predicting scores, not so much. Yeah, no, not good. So, not as bad as me. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think... Every game's like this. There's been a lot of contentious things. Um, I personally do think that the um, Football Association and IFAB, the actual official governing body of the rules, is um, 
is doing a good job making improvements year on year and um it's very easy particularly when it's happened to your team it's very easy to say that was the wrong call and you know there's been some really notable ones recently but i think that's why we're talking about it okay yeah it so, is super uh, go on sorry so, so the matchup goal where it was over the line there was a little bit of dispute but you minute you checked it and he checks his watch, boom. Without that technology, that would have been like um, a camera who's... 1966 um, goal for Germany. <clears throat> I was goal. actually going to go something well, re more recent. Germany, 2006, England score. Yeah, it's yeah, not absolutely. A goal. And that changed the whole complexion of the game. Uh, England went down 2-0 instead of being down 1-0. Yeah. And they couldn't consider a third pretty soon after. But yeah, that would have been... It would have been 2-1 instead of... Um, now, with the technology, Matt Tipp's goal stands. Now, yeah. back in the day, that would have been... All yeah, over the place. Exactly. Right. So, so goal line technology is a classic example of how technology and the rules body have brought something in that's made the game overall better and fairer. Do yeah. they still make mistakes? Absolutely. Yeah, they're human. Do I, I don't want to take that human infallibility <clears throat> out of the um, fallibility. Human fallibility out of the game. That's so, a big word like marmalade. So so let's let's reel it in a little bit. Walking knocking the hellification. Should I say that when you're drunk? <laughs> so, do you know that place in Wales? It's my next one. Planfair Gilly Gog 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 Gog. No, I don't. That's half of it, at least. Anyway. Before we get into the nitty gritties of the influence of technology, which we will get into, we also want to make sure that we're not. I think the big thing with rules and technology versus spirit of the game. Where is that line? And obviously it's very gray. It's not black and white. We want to make sure we hold up the integrity of the game because the game is what we're here for. Yes, we want to make sure we get the result correct. But at the same time, we will get into that gray area of, but what is the point? So Nick, you mentioned the integrity of the game. And that first segment we're going to talk about here is offside rule. Yes. Well, the reason I think that's interesting is that Lately, I've been exploring, in my mind, the idea of scrapping the offside rule. Ooh. And um, I did a little bit of research. And, uh, what do you mean by wait, scrapping it altogether? Yeah, I, have I you just, never played a game of like friend, football with your friends yeah, and, you have no, and you have no offside rule? Yeah, of course. But yeah. Same things. what are you saying? So I explored it and um, I was starting to get a little bit more enamored by it because I've seen a lot lately of... There's been so many arguments and so many replays in VAR. I'm like, what if we just got rid of it? Well, I did a bit of research on what would happen if we got rid of it, and there's a general consensus out there that what the game would turn down, turn into is 10 really big guys with huge punts up the field to those 10 really big guys being fed by 10 other really big guys. Um, well, that's an interesting statement. We'll touch on that one a little bit later too. <laughs> okay. But... Um, but yeah, it, it would be an unrecognizable game. And I thought the best quote I read here was, um, no offside, no Messi. Ooh. And um, oh. the reason the offside rule was brought in was to balance the long ball game with the short ball game. Yes, it's to stop goal hanging, but it, without the offside rule, you don't have a game of skill and dribbling and midfield possession and passing. It just becomes into a pump the ball high up the field and whichever has the most physical, tallest players. So what you're saying is Andy Carroll would have scored a lot more goals yes. if we had no offside. But I think the game would be a lot less enjoyable. And I think that's the that's the point. So I would so watch it. Constantly. It'd be tennis. If you're just dumping the, the ball. Funnily enough, that's exactly yeah. another quote. They just compared it to tennis. Yeah. And so baseline rally. And so 
Anyway, um, thought it was interesting. So a little bit of stats for you. Offside was a military term for troops stuck behind enemy lines. Most sports have offside. I never really thought about it like that, but that's what it means. It's uh, stuck yeah, me behind enemy lines. No, me neither. Um, 1863 um, was the uh, year first, of your birth. First, <laughs> the year of my birth. He was at least <laughs> 102. So, <laughs> how so. dare you disrespect this man's experience and wisdom in life? So I'm just going to just make glasses. America, America didn't exist, and Neil was 41. Columbus hadn't found guys, yet, the past, right? 1863, the pass-back rule was written, and that was three defenders behind the ball. Um, it was modified in 1925 to two defenders behind the ball. Behind the ball. Um, and when they changed from three defenders behind the ball to two defenders, um, a 35% increase in goals. So it's kind of cool. Every one of those um, offside evolutions since then has been designed to favor the offensive player. And 1990 is the wait, offside. Wait, can we can we highlight yeah. that for a second? To yeah. favor the offensive player. Yes, every single, every single um, modification to the rule has favored the offensive player. But the is that because... Right, you're always going to favor the person going forward. Like nobody's ever going to criticize the defender in that situation. They're going to criticize the attacker in that situation. Oh, that attack, attacker was too quick. Well, we'll get or to it. was that defender too quick going the opposite direction to put him offside? Yeah, we'll get to it again later on. We'll talk about the handball rule later on, and the handball rule is the same way. Handball in the area by the defender, and handball in the area, same area by the attacker, get treated differently. And it's, it's kind of interesting. Again, I can see, it favors the attacking player. Um, you know, I'm all right with it. it. It makes the game more exciting. It seems like offsides is designed to stop the attacking player. Well, it's, the fact that it's, no, it's, not, no, it's, it's not designed to stop the attacking player. It's designed to make the game skillful and to balance this long ball game versus the short ball game. And uh, again, that was stuff that I got from my research because... Previously, I'm like, yeah, just scrap the offside and let's have more goals and let's have a let's. Stop but as the... you said, it would be like, you know, punting the ball yeah. up into 18 yard box and just hoping for the best, really. It would be Wimbledon plus plus yeah. on, on 144 meters. <laughs> yeah. Despite the fact that we haven't talked about them at all today, we are still a Liverpool podcast. Just reminding you guys once again, yeah. not you guys, but our listeners as well. And uh, without the offsides rule, someone like Salah or Thiago, these guys that we see yeah. do incredible things, oh, yeah. wouldn't exist at if all. If skillful, smaller players would exist, it would be a bunch of Andy Carrolls, um, um, Mitrovic, and players like Can that. Can I actually speak hey, to, to what... Oh, I'm sorry. I just yeah. want to finish this last little piece. Sure, sure. So, the offside rule as we know it today was formalized and codified in 1990. And that, that last change was about being level. So level is onside, whereas level used to be offside. Yeah. So that was the last codified change. And of course, the biggest change we've seen, seen since then isn't about the rule itself, but it's the introduction of VAR and how VAR can prove the right or wrong of the offside, potentially. Yeah, so basically anything from the, what, sleeve uh, upwards was something well, that we mentioned. hair. Thanks, Joe Gomez. But hair is considered offside. Hair. His hair was his hair really played him onside. Yeah. yeah. Because they didn't know where his skull was. It was Rashford, right? Correct. It was yeah. It was Rashford Rashford on Rashford and Gomez. Yeah. But um And Gomez's but you, hair was ahead of Rashford's shoulder, I But think. your hair cannot score a goal. Your forehead can. Well 
well, and the top of your head can't. Well, your head can technically score it. I mean, obviously, that's not a lot of resistance, but it's not a forbidden part of the body to score a goal with. Wait, so here's a here's a weird aside. Someone kicks a big looping corner and can't be offside from a corner, even though there has the ball, been some calls. If, if it cannot be offside from a corner. Yeah, yeah I know, but the, rule. the ball's natural path goes into where it's going. Someone heads it and it goes in, but. Gomez is there because he's got an afro, and it grazes his hair. Is that his goal? And then an assist goes to the guy that actually scored it. Because if, if that's the case, then he's body, not fucking his offsides. Hair. I'd have to think about that some more. But yeah. the hair is not a forbidden part of the body. The only parts of the body that you're not allowed to score a goal with are the hands and the arms, where the arms are defined as beginning in line with the armpit. And it is the armpit that's said, and I saw, I looked at a lot of uh, pictures earlier today about this, and it's kind of interesting, though. Do you draw the line from the armpit straight up? Do you draw it at an angle? And so, in general, it seems to be where a regular t-shirt would, would finish the sleeve of your shirt. Yeah, that makes but sense. But I understand why they didn't write that, because... Well, then Nike is going to start making this shirt. Exactly. Like here, here. So, so, yeah, so it is the, the armpit is defined, and that's the only place. Any other part of the body is uh, is okay to score a goal, and, and it's okay to be offside. So, again, my point comes down to, if the ball grazes off of the hair of Joe Gomez, but he never has any, it's the natural flight of the you mean ball, if that's his goal. If his physical body doesn't touch it, but his, but his hair, hair does. does. If his hair keeps him on sides... Then it, could I could I suggest we're splitting hairs here? We are, Ooh. we are. But my point <laughs> is, I think, well, here's my point: is I think the offsides rule is broken to a degree. I think if there's no advantage gained, and now that we have VAR, we can see that uh, like, the game's gone straight. <laughs> no, no, the game is back, according to Reddit. Uh, if Joe Gomez in that that run that Rashford had, it, to me, and we had a big brouhaha at the pub. Yeah, we did. Um, I think. Just me, Rashford was offsides. And I really hope it was Rashford. Because they, I, whatever. Whoever was offsides, Joe Gomez. Sancho was the other score, yeah. It was Rashford. Yeah, it was, it was Rashford and Sancho. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was the Rashford goal. Um, to me, he looked offsides. Joe Gomez being onside. Upside. Sorry. He was onside. Sorry. There's I'm going to nip no it there. way that, where they drew the line with VAR. Thank you. Where splitter. Wait they... until I say basketballs. Oh, baskets, gosh. ball. Oh, hell. Stay There's focused. two baskets in it. Yes. Focus, Tom. Focus. <laughs> Where they drew the lines in VAR. Yes. It looked ridiculous to me. I was like, "There's no... Joe Gomez had no advantage there. Rashford was not... It, it just didn't make sense to me. But according to the rules, which you pointed out laboriously to us, yeah, he was offsides. There's... Or onside, I'm sorry. There's no question about it. Like, that's it. That's what the rule says. I think the rule is broken because, again, let's say Trent has some kind of looping ball into the goal and it grazes Joe Gomez's head, but it doesn't touch his head. It just kind of makes his hair move a little bit. You mean like... It's still going to be Trent's goal. United, big hair, uh, Fellaini. Fellaini. Fellaini, Mario Fellaini, yeah. I think Lester has a big frizzy-haired fella too now. Who is the Colombian guy? Bass. Oh, I can picture him. I just don't... Oh, yeah. Gosh, I'll remember his name later on. Well, well. anyway. 
Talking of hair, best hair ever, ever by a player? Uh, Jack Grealish. No question. Kevin Keegan. They made a whole show of The curly perm, the 70s curly perm of Kevin Keegan. Liverpool's best number seven. Ooh, controversial. (laughs) What about your boy, Jamie? So I'm going to lose Suarez. Wow, Kid Kenny. I don't know what in he's the doing moder- right now, but he's saying. In the modern era. <laughs> you wouldn't understand it. You wouldn't understand what he says. <laughs> it's probably asleep right now. By the way, little aside, uh, Liverpool doesn't have a number 10 right now. There's no one that wears the number 10. Interesting. Yeah. But it's been a very long anyway. time since we've gone 1 to 11 on a football field. We're close right now. Anyway, not important. Offsides. Your offside. I think, usually. <laughs> So here's a weird thing about offside. The weirdest thing I learned about offside today. Well, there's a few ones. Um, can't be offside from a goal kick, which I actually don't think I ever thought about. Um, no, I didn't think about that either. It's so interesting. Um, that's what it says. I read because it several times, but that would suggest that you could just goal hang and somebody could punt it all the way up to you. So anyway, feel free to look at that one up a little bit more. But um, Allison, you, you heard it here. Yeah, <laughs> you can. There is no penalty for... It is considered a foul if you touch the ball um, while in offside position, but there is no penalty issued. But it is technically possible if you deliberately are offside multiple times, the referee can give you a yellow card for being repeatedly in an offside position. Really? Weird fact that I, that I read. That was the weirdest You just one became offside. James May. Wait. Wait a second. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yes. I'm curious. What advantage could you gain from being repeatedly offside? You can't. And in fact, that is uh, the point that was made in the uh, what I was reading. Is it's, it's highly unlikely to happen because who would want to be repeatedly offside? The example given was if you were using it as a time wasting tactic. I was just going to so, guess that. So look guess out, Newcastle. Newcastle next week. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Howe's listening to us, going, "Ooh, new idea. <laughs> How many players can I get offside before they all get yellow cards?" Who's already got two? Also, goal kicks. <laughs> yeah, more than a few, I'm sure. So yeah, I I actually think the implementation right now of offside is, is pretty good. I'm not sure. Uh, you know, I've been toying with it a lot. Um, the VAR stuff, I'm not sure has improved it or not improved it. People always point out when, let's say, VAR got it wrong, but it's really easy to do that. Mm. But there's so much. There's so much more transparency, and there's so we used to get it wrong all the time before, and there used to be lots of complaints about it, but we just didn't go resort to drawing lines on the field. Yeah, um, drawing lines on the field of the NFL. Um, here's my thing: we can have technology to follow the fastest runners in the Olympics, right, and get a nose line win. Why can't we have the same for the last defender? We can indeed, coming soon. But you have to also remember it's when the ball was played. So there has to be some sort of either sensor in the ball to know when the ball was actually kicked. But if it's in a video, couldn't you just rewind that video you to can. the exact so moment? What they're actually going for, um, coming soon, and it's not going to be here for the World Cup, but um, very soon, as in next season, I, they are going to use AI technology to... Um, I, I know, we're going to mention baseball again. Ter- Terminator. But, they're going to use AI technology to know oh, I wasn't even going to where the players are, where the ball was struck. Skynet. So it's, um, I think you're going to see improvements um, for the offside, and I'm going to call them improvements, and I'm looking forward to it. So you seem to be kind of on the, um, I'm going to call it from a supporter's 
point of view, a fan's point of view, kind of on the cutting edge of how you view a lot of the advancements and how we enforce rules. You are, most supporters, most fans seem to hate everything. And I mean that they hate their club, they hate their manager, they hate their players, they hate the referees, they hate everything. You are typically sort of the dissenting voice in that stuff, which is why you handled this particular subject. You are typically in favor of VAR and have actually changed my mind at how I look at VAR because I usually look at it and go, ah, whatever, it's horseshit. Like, I want to see, play on. I'm a, I'm a play on guy. Like, I want to see, and that's where we get into that gray area of spirit of the game versus enforcing. So, so that's where I didn't like VAR was the 10 minutes to make a decision because it wasn't play. So I, I'm actually, I'm both with you and... And I understand your point at the same time. And what I mean by that is um, I don't want the game held up for 10 minutes while we meticulously draw the right line. But while I do the want... is ticking on. Yeah, yeah. I do want the right decision. And I do want it to be made in a timely fashion. They are getting faster. They've gotten there are some instances where They are where getting it's... way faster, but they've also admitted that being way faster means the, more, more mistakes. mistakes. Yeah. And but here's my we other saw thing. that this year. Something else you just mentioned. Being offside and playing on. Yeah, I was going to go to that. That annoys me. Oh, it's so... Raise annoying. your flag, blow the no, whistle. completely disagree. Why? Quite simply, the number of goals <clears throat> that I have been in the pub and have screamed, that's clearly offside, thank you, linesman, and the uh, commentators have all agreed, saying, yes, he's clearly offside there, and then they go to the replay, and you're like, oh, actually... He was on. Oh, I have seen yeah. so many goals where the linesman has raised their flag, and okay, when they're close, that's not what I'm talking about. When an obvious like and that is he's the rule outside now. by that is, that three is the meters. Rule now. That wasn't the rule days. last year. That is the rule now, and FIFA has asked for standardisation of the offside rule. Previously, the Premier League was allowed a waiver. See, I did my research for this. Premier League was Hence allowed a waiver to research Neil Emergency. I know. So the Premier League was allowed a waiver to interpret um, how they wanted to enforce the offside rule. And FIFA said no more interpretation by any um, domestic leagues. Letter of the law has to be applied. And at the same time, they softened it to if it is a clear and obvious offside, then you have to raise a flag. If it's marginal at all, leave the flag down because it favours the attacking player. Yeah. Mm, interesting. So yeah, I think you're uh, kind of changing my mind with every sentence. Every once in a while, I'm like, oh, okay, I feel. Uh, I mean, I've changed my own mind on this one. I, I do. I've always liked the kind of VAR, having like the timing. Um, well, didn't the emission of the rules that kind yeah. of lends itself to you changing your mind. I didn't used to like the delayed flag, but now I do. Now it makes sense. I I've never heard it put in those terms where it's like. Well, yeah, you're looking at it for the one where it where it stops play and that kind of stuff. It's like, oh yeah, yeah. But when they're wrong, no, you want there to be a delay there because if they're wrong, they're wrong. And really, on what side do you want to err? Tom, let, what let, side do you want to err on? Do you want to err on the side of the goal that gets disallowed that shouldn't have been? Yes, I would like the goals that. So let's let's keep going the way we're going and. When the ball stops, like when there's a dead ball, that's when you. Reset. No, my point was that if it's clearly offside, if he is like, you know, three meters, sorry, nine feet, there, there, about three. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know what a meter was. Thank you. Fourth grade just completely went over my head. You went to fourth grade? I got to <laughs> fifth. Moving along. Um, when he's clearly offside, or her offside, um, the flag should go up immediately, game should stop. And again, that is the rule. Yes, but we did. sometimes it's played on, and it's you see defenders going, come on, where's the flag? Well, firstly, they shouldn't do that. And know, by the way, the, the you know, rule of three the meters whistle. is a little bit of exaggeration, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, so, so play the whistle, defenders. Um, yeah. You know, it has been bad. The year when we let them play on in a ridiculous situation, and you know, three meters is absolutely fine because they were letting them play on three meters, four meters, five meters even. And um, when Pickford, I think it was, injured Van Dyke. Van Dyke, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that was a situation where then the flag went up and it should, if the flag had gone up at an appropriate time, that would have never happened. 100%. But then then you get into the weird situation that the flag didn't go up, play went on. Let's say that in that case, Pickford fouled Van Dyke and it was a penalty. And then it's like, we go back, we go back and say, well, it was offside. So he's injured. You don't get the penalty. And, and that, 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 then it started feeling wrong. And so I agree with the delayed offside flag has to should only be delayed if you <clears throat> if you have got doubt in your mind. Gotcha. So but that is that is how it's But then that's that's referee to referee and we, we have seen that there are theories and it's hard to argue them that there are referees that do have favoritism? Yeah. Yeah, it's been yeah. around forever. Yeah, of course it has. Webb Webb was the biggest favorite of United Listen, back in the day. Football is a religion. To say you're an impartial referee is also... It's impossible. If you're a referee in the Premier League, that means you had some love for the Premier League. If you have some love for the Premier League, it means you've got a club that you love. Yeah. And that also means, more importantly, you got clubs you hate. So I actually think they do a good job. Of, um... well, don't get me wrong. It's got better in years. A lot better. Yeah, I mean, in the lower league stuff, is you've got some really bad refereeing um, yes. in the lower leagues. But the there was people... a fight at Eastbourne the other day. <laughs> in the tunnels at halftime. I've actually had a fight in Eastbourne, but anyway, different subject. We'll talk about that off air. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait. So, overall... I'm happy with the offside rule. I'm happy with the change they're making. I think I'm going to be happier when they get it right instantaneously, almost instantaneously, um, with this new technology they're talking about. Um, I think that's going to be good for the game. And and yeah, I, I still do like the margin of error of um, the referees. And uh, that brings us on very nicely to the next segment, talking about... Well, I have a question. Yeah, go for it. I do what, too. So what rule would you like to see get better implementation or new technology or... In terms of offsides? In terms of in the terms entire of game. Well, we've got a lot Can of... Can we talk about the rest of them and think about that while but I'm doing it? We'll come back think, and answer that. Just make a note that we'll answer that. Mine is almost the exact same question, but specifically on offsides. What is something, and this goes for you, Tom, so start thinking. What specifically would you like changed about the offsides rule? Technology. If you could change Firstly, it. I'd like everybody to call it the offside rule instead of the offsides rule. All right, so you can also... I, I can't <laughs> say the word. You can't I, kick I'm, anyone I'm out of my house. Good, <laughs> being a good boy today. You've said it twice already. I know. I know, I'm terrible. One of them's going to get cut, I'm sure. He's probably doing some... <laughs> okay, what would I like to see change about the offside rule? Yeah, um, if you could change one thing about the offside rule that isn't already in place, what would it be? 
And the same question goes for you, Jeff. Sorry, I thought of a funny one. <laughs> Jeopardy. I honestly don't oh, know. Oh, I think that is I Jeopardy. I honestly don't know. I don't know. We're going to have to come back to that because we're thinking. Yeah, we'll, we'll think about it. So we've got two things. Yeah. So what rule in general will be changed? There's a lot of silence there. Rule. So, yeah. We're going to take a break while the lads think about this. And that brings us on very nice to the next take about fouls and hard tackles. Odd. Odd tackles. Odd tackles. How so, hard are those tackles? So It's a contact sport. Why do people complain about it? Well, so the rule again. The rule states that a tackle is something that is not careless, reckless, or using excessive force. If, if the challenge is careless, reckless, or using excessive force, it shall be deemed a foul. So a common misconception that I want to correct first is nowhere, not a single place in the rule of a foul, is there any mention of touching the ball first. Ooh. It is a complete misnomer that is really? screamed at by the players and screamed at by the people in the pub saying, but he touched the ball. Uh, it does not matter. Matter not, does it not? <laughs> so there's a world of gray area here that I'm very interested in. And I shudder to bring this up because I know I'm going to get picked up for bringing up baseball. But, and this is going to apply to all of these rules. With baseball, everyone complains about the strike zone, right? You hear about this. I mean, I know. I mean, I don't hear about it because I don't listen to that crap. But, yeah. but, but I know you've watched Rounders? <laughs> We're talking about rounders, right? Sure. Anyway, in the strike zone... Pitchers and batters don't complain about where the strike zone is. They complain about the consistency yes. of it. That's all. You can have a tight strike zone or a wide strike zone. None of that matters as long as all the players on the field know that it's going to be So consistent. what do you think about consistency across games versus consistency within a game? If you know who your referee is, you know how they're going to enforce the yeah. rules. You can prepare for it as long as they are consistent with how they play. And, and I generally agree with that, but then you get into the problem of when cumulative yellow cards and cumulative red cards result in suspensions. And if you've got a series of referees who are card happy, you could end up with a suspension, whereas another team who could be in a rival position for you could end up with a series of referees that doesn't, and you could get an advantage because of that. Would you like to name these well. referees? Name and shame? <laughs> Well, I think you can look at the stats. There are there are referees <clears throat> that keep the cards in their pockets, and there are yeah. referees who okay. pull them out. I mean, yes. um, who's your favorite referee? If you know their name, you probably like them or don't like them. If you don't know their name, but they're probably a referee. I can't remember his name, but he was the Italian referee, bald. Kalina. That was him. Skeletor. Oh, even he I was know. A, he was an awesome oh. referee. Yeah, he, he was, was awesome to referee. the letter. My favorite referees are all in rugby union. That's. Yeah, and we probably have the same favorite referee. Is it Nigel Owens? Uh, great referee. Yeah, I just I, there again. I think the um, referees in the one thing I'll tell about all of the rules is that FIFA IFAB should go with more of a um, a rugby union approach where the referees are totally respected. And oh my gosh, um, if you never do, you know who Nigel Owens is? It's it's. Uh, if you don't, name, you I'm should, sure Goog if I saw you should Google him. He is not the tallest man in the world, Correct. but neither the shortest man in the world. So you're saying he's a hobbit? 
No, he's no, a homunculus. No, he's... he's a perfectly proportion, a proportional short person. <laughs> um, but it's so, the way he talks. But it's but he, it's the way the manner of yes. professionalism in rugby union, where the referee is called sir. Well, I was going to say even the players are well, a lot. Well, hold on, a and big, these are six foot five, six foot there's seven. There's a big reason for it, though. Any back talking or argumenting arguments with the referee is a ten yard penalty, and I would like to see something similar introduced in um in football there's an idea which is you know sometimes 10 yards further forward maybe isn't the advantage to you but there needs to be some sort of penalty for the back talk to the referees and then i think you'd see referees being um respected more but the reverse is also true in that referees in rugby union they might and they will explain the rules to the players but also you as the as the people watching the event at home get an explanation of why he made the ruling the way he did. He can still be wrong, but at least you get an explanation. And you know, I The would TMO like is that. also better than VAR. The what is? The TMO. Oh, yeah, yeah. Touchline touch yeah. official. Yeah. Touch, no, I got that wrong. I have a feeling that the Premier League is inching closer to that, but because there's so much history there and there's so many more eyes on the sport... It's going to be harder for them to get there. Rugby is a huge sport back home. Like, no, I, I would say it's nearly well, 50-50. You just, but, but what did you just say? Back home, where yeah. Premier League is watched everywhere. Everywhere in the world. You can go to third world countries and you've got Liverpool supporters. Yeah. So there is a big difference there. Rugby is not as big a sport as football. I love yeah, rugby. I get that. But Unless it, it was colonized by Britain. It's, it's, it's very easy to... Alter a sport that's, and I hate to say it because I love it, but it is a niche sport where this is a global sport that's watched on a global scale. You're I don't about think it's as niche as you think it is. And by the way, Namibia has a, a team and they were colonized by the Germans. And, well, that's um, what I, said. And I, I said, like, I'm, I'm not necessarily, I don't think. And yet, Namibia have a better team than a German team do. There's, there isn't billions of dollars being funneled into the rugby league the way there is in the Premier League. There isn't even the amount of money that gets funneled into the Premier League and English football in general. I, I mean, you never, you're 100 percent right there. The Premier League definitely is, you know, very very wealthy. Um, I guess all I'm saying is that I'd like to see more respect for referees. I agree. I'd like to see some better manners from the players, but I'd also like to see some penalties enforced for when you abuse the referee. And why isn't I, it as simple as turn the ball over? If you abuse the referee and the referee goes, no, you said something wrong, that's it, ball goes to the other side. End of because there'd be a bunch of guys yeah. in the pub and a bunch of people in the um, in the stands calling bullshit on every call and yeah. it would be, it'd become contentious. It needs to start You'd with the players the and the officials. You'd see the downfall of Listen, fans in the stands. Someone has to be the guy that gets bloodied going through the brick wall first. <laughs> okay? So there's going to be one or two seasons where, yeah, you're going to get a I don't think Mary Atkinson's going to be that guy. <laughs> So, we're talking about tackles. I think we're moving on to tackles. Um, Again, I'm going to pose the same question. What rule can change that? Okay, so, back to rugby union. They changed a lot of rules to make it safer for the players. Yes. Dump tackles were taken out only about, well, 10 years ago. Where you're allowed to pick up the player and bang them off the floor. Right. Oh, yeah. And that ended up in so many concussions. And concussions in rugby are less than what it is in football. Um, there, thereabouts. <laughs> Probably significant. Yeah, and definitely less than American football. Yeah. 
because you're taught to tackle at an early age. Anyway, you're taught to hurt but you else. were taught about the rule, this is changing, then they implemented, hey, this is how you should tackle. Football should do something similar. Hey, you shouldn't tackle with studs up. Now, they Again, they've all, straight but it's always been covered because the law really hasn't changed. The law clearly states not careless, reckless, or using excessive force. And by but the there way... There are plenty of examples of reckless force, like cutting down uh, Van Dyke, for instance, by Pickford. That's yeah, excessive well, that was, force. That was a shit thing. Right? Um, well, it comes down to judgment. Salah. It comes down to judgment, and it comes down to the, what, what Nick was saying before about consistency. I'm okay with the Pickford carving Van Dyke down okay. if that is applied consistently throughout the game. Is okay. Allison allowed to do the same thing? So, yeah. Is, is Ramos allowed to do what he did to Salah? So, lots of places to go here. See, one of the things I... I, I can I, throw all these examples yes, at you. But one of the places I, I really don't like and it comes back to consistency is when if it happens in the box it's interpreted differently than if it happens in the center circle very um it really bugs me that i think you need consistency what you're saying is someone follows through with a tackle it's a red card in the box it's a yellow card outside yeah or it's a penalty and it's not a penalty it's It's a foul it's not a foul it's not only that if someone's on a good run going through the midfield and someone has a, a slide tackle Versus so, so, so let me stop you for one second because here's another really weird thing that I learned today that an attempt to tackle in a careless, reckless, or use an excessive force manner is also a foul. An attempt to. So where you're going is if I go for oh, a slide tackle miss. and I miss, if I go for a slide tackle with studs up and I miss, that is a foul on the yellow card offense. Has that ever been enforced? My my point is, I think when we all yelling, he didn't touch him, or um, it doesn't matter. Intent it, is half the law. Intent is the law. In yeah, fact, it is, is all about intent. It is attempting to tackle in a careless, reckless, or using so, excessive force manner. Again, it's in the favor of the attacking player. Oh, yes, it is. Well, similarly to baseball, usually rule changes are in favor of one. Side, whether it's defense or offense. Welcome to MLB. Come on, <laughs> How many teams in the MLB can you name? No, we're not going to do that right I now. Can, I can do that. <laughs> anyway, uh, anything else on the on where there are a different story? <laughs> any, any anything else on hard tackling? Because I feel like with offsides, there's a lot more to say. Like, okay, we can improve here, we can improve there. With tackling. It's something that is very intuitive, and we just have to rely so, on the referee. So all I was, I guess my only point further of this is that um, 70s and 80s, you had um, Norman Hunter, Tommy Smith in the 70s, 80s, Graeme Souness. Um, what a tackler. Uh, what ni- a midfielder. 90s, uh, Roy Keane. Um, there's, there's been, I'm, I'm missing a thousand different hard men, I know, but um, but um, there's a whole bunch of, of hard men through the ages, and... The rule has been the rule. Nothing has changed in the rule. Would here. James Miller yeah. be our hard man? He probably would be. Yeah, he probably yeah. would be. But he's he's nothing compared to the, the guys. Nothing compared to Roy Keane. But my, my only point here is that the 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 rule hasn't changed, but the interpretation by the referee has. Mm. What has been considered, I keep reading it, careless, reckless, or using excessive force, that has become. It went from being a window to a keyhole. It feels like. Was it Roy Keane that broke uh, Holland's oh. father's leg? I think it was, yes. Yes. There's a, I can't think of his first name. 
our colleagues, Tifo, did a video. Do they? Huh? Yeah. So, so yeah, I, um, in general, I think it's made for the game to be a lot more skillful. I'll also add a couple of other things. So many players used to retire uh, in their 20s and never to be seen playing a game again. If they were lucky, their club would give them, because they were injured, mm-hmm. and if they were lucky, their club would give them a testimonial where they could raise enough money to buy a pub. That's what ex-players always did. Is that what a testimonial was for? It, yes, a testimonial was granted so that it went to for your retirement because there was no retirement plan. For yeah. So go advertise for us at your group. So well, no, it wasn't go advertise. It wasn't. It wasn't commercial. It really was about players' welfare, and and therefore, you know, at the end of your career, you weren't going to. You were younger than a retiree, but you had not. You had no way of an income until you retired and got the state pension. So testimonials were to pay that, your way and, to. And at that point, you were making like a grand a week. Right, and so. There's been too many people's careers were ended by horrendous tackles, and it's the the game has got more skillful, and we've allowed it to get more skillful because you can't be hacked down mm-hmm. um, irresponsibly. Yeah. And again, lots of time I hate it and say, "Oh, come on, ref, it was a fair tackle," and things like that. But for the most part, I think they're getting it right. Um, I don't like the high foot, particularly. It's true, though. We can get into that about like scoring goals with a high foot. So Messi and Messi coming up against um, Fabinho or Matip. Messi gets Matip. Let's go with Messi gets Matip. So you have six well, foot cons- three. Matip. Are they both the same height? Matip and Fabinho. Sure, but I was speaking a defender oh. as opposed to a midfielder. Oh, right, that's true. Um, but yeah, but any time. Any, <laughs> nice hair splitting. You're right, but any time that Matip raises his foot. His foot's going to be near Messi's head. Is it Messi? Isn't his nickname the Flea or something like yeah, that? But his what foot's going to be near his head. head. Yeah. Matip lifts his foot up to his knee. It's I know, Messi's the, head. The problem yeah. with the rule is that <laughs> exactly. that would be careless, reckless, or using excessive force. It would be careless okay. to have his foot. Do you know who is then? really short? Sterling. Shakiri. I'm using Sterling Shakiri's as a... Very short too, yeah. yeah. But in the Premier League, Sterling is really short. He's probably the size of Messi. So when he goes up against a guy like Kamate... Yeah, it's yeah. But, but just Thiago Silva is the same the thing. He was even shorter, right? Exactly. You know, all these like really fast but attacking why, forwards. But, and, but to to kind of reel it in, that's why it's important that we have the trust of the referees to make judgment calls, <laughs> which is kind of going back to the question I had about offsides, where you have to rely on these guys to. You be, don't need judgment call for offside. No, 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 no. But for well, a high, but for a high foot, like what we're talking about, is the high foot. Danger, or is the high foot exactly. playing the ball? And that's why we should be. Doesn't trusting. have to be dangerous. It needs to be careless. Right. So okay. we need to careless. be careless. We. Need I put to my foot up. I the ball is coming towards me. I can bring it down, but someone's running from behind me, and I don't see them. You're not using sufficient care. It's careless. Right. How is that careless? Someone runs into me. Be aware of your surroundings. But we also. I'm watching need, the ball. We need to. Yeah, but you. That's half the battle. No, but if you have eyes on the ball and you get tackled or are some way tackled by someone, but you end up being the tackler, like someone runs into your studs as you're like it's too controlling the ball. It's too situational. Which is why you have to put the faith back in the referees. The referee, and, which is, which and sometimes is, they'll get it wrong. That's my larger point. You hope they get it consistent within a game. Needs to be a job. Um, so I don't necessarily love what I'm preaching here. <laughs> no, 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 no. By um, all means. But I 
we're playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I can't think of any. Um, I could just hear a lot of listeners saying bullshit right now. But um, I just we have listeners. Yeah, I, the the rules are the fun. rules. I've read you what the rule is for a foul, and um, and that inter- that inevitably comes down to the interpretation of a referee. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I agree, and it's just, it's really on, on the referees. We need to be able to trust That's, that's a and long again, way of saying we should just trust the referee. Well, for tackling, it's one of those things that has evolved over the years to what was once a yellow card is now a red card. But one, what is now at a one yellow time, card there was no cards. Exactly. That's, oh, I hit well, my mic. More importantly to me, it means that young kids who are incredibly skillful, when they get brought down by... A, a ridiculously aggressive individual. Uh, instead, of their careers being people's careers of skillful players are lasting a lot longer, and uh, we're getting to enjoy that a lot more. I think it's good for the game. Um, I think the referees getting as consistent as they can between each other as well um, is important. But also, fitness levels have gone up. Sports science has gone up. Yeah, true. So that's a can of worms. There. That is, but. Like they all wear so many pads in their back now to like get stats on their health right, and whatever they, else. So yes, that also is going to help in this whole situation of going forward with technology and. Yeah. Well, that that's also kind of I I see what you're saying, but that's also kind of besides the point. Because where, you can avoid like but if we have all long term hard injuries. If we but if we have all of this technology to help us down, to like track their fitness. The referees need to have that kind of technology to be able to make the right call on the pitch. Yeah. And that will increase consistency. So, if the, unless there's any closing thoughts on tackling, I feel like that one wasn't quite as... I think we tackled the situation. <laughs> well, <laughs> pretty well. I think we handled the situation well, which brings us excellently... To handball? To what, Neil? That would be the handball rule. And how do you feel about the handball rule? If you could explain it to us... First, well, I'll explain to you first, but I want to start with this apocryphal story. So, um, what's the gather round, children? So, <laughs> so rugby union. We mentioned it earlier. It's officially called rugby football union. Mm-hmm. American football is called American football. Um, it was once rugby, and then it I'm was... getting to it. I'm, I'm sorry. getting to it. Oh, I'm I going. actually knew this. Tom, you have a hey, right Tom, there. You know what I mean? So, hey, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I knew so something because the apocryphal, I knew it. The apocryphal story is in 1823, there was no rules to football written down. And in 1823, a gentleman by the name of William Webb Ellis, later known as Reverend William Webb Ellis, um, he cheated. Um, the rules were generally accepted that you played the game with your foot and your feet. And if you pick the ball up, there was a rule in there that if you pick the ball up, you had to go all the way back to your own goal line before you could start kicking the ball again. Well, William Webb Ellis decided that he was going to catch the ball, and just run forward with it, and then score a goal. Well, that was the first time the handball rule was codified. So in 1823... That's ridiculous. Yeah, in 1823, <laughs> the rope... The, and the just like Lutherism, it split up. <laughs> yes, it is. So in 1823, the um, rugby school wrote down the rules of what it meant um, to, play, uh, to play rugby there. And By the way, the rugby school is in a town called Rugby. Exactly. Is that true? Yes, yeah. that's where the name that. comes from. So, so yeah, that's yeah, why I said it. <laughs> William Webb Ellis is the name yeah. of the World Cup trophy. It's called the Webb Ellis Trophy. Webb Ellis trophy. He's the apocryphal person who invented. Um, it is the tiniest trophy ever. Yeah. It is. Well, like, the Ashes is probably too close. Oh, like, well, no, no, no. I mean, like, compared to like the World Cup right? or. Yeah. Say again. 
It's like the Holy Grail in Indiana Jones, you know? The yes. Guy. Yes. So, so bad. It's more like the head uh, amulet thing he's trying to steal at the beginning. Anyway. So, 1845, uh, rugby rules were codified, and that's when, and at that point, um, the handball rule was, was codified as well to say that in, in a given football, you can't handle the ball. So, um, lots of interpretations over the years. Lots of people saying, well, it has to be deliberate handball. Um, the rule is pretty complicated, and it is different for uh, attacking players defending players and it's different whether the it's in the area or not in the area whether the silhouette applies but um but yeah it's it's created a lot of problems over the years um certainly the rule doesn't have to be it doesn't it doesn't have to be deliberate now accidental you cannot have a handball directly leading to a goal by an offensive player accidental or not that makes sense. So, but if it ricochets off someone and then hits you and goes in the goal, ricochets off someone, then hits you on the hand, yeah, and goes in the goal, and goes in the goal. So it's not deliberate. Your hand is in a natural position. I believe when I looked at the clarification that today really was was if it's in the box, which is what's going to lead to a goal in mm-hmm. that situation, then that would be a handball offense, and mm-hmm. no, it wouldn't be a goal. If it hit your hand and then it went to a another play in that situation you just gave, yeah. if it accidentally hit your hand and went to a another player, not not the person whose hand it hit, and they put it in the goal, the rule has been relaxed to be that is a goal now. So ball gets lobbed in, uh, off the head of it, it depends the on the interpretation of the word directly, if it leads directly to a goal or not. So the ball comes off a defender. Hits me in the hand just by accident or on accident in America. It's a thing, I know. Weird. So then it goes to the How feet do you have of. all on your head anymore. <laughs> then it goes to the feet of an attacker in the goal. That goal stand. It from what I read today, it seems that it depends on if it direct if the hitting of your hand directly contributed to the goal, or if it just accidental and just carried on its essential path where it was going, then it wouldn't be called. Interesting. So, so I, I'm, I'm going to cut in here because I, I want to, I was curious to hear you guys talk about that. Um, I think again, unfortunately from my perspective is that's a judgment call. It's, that is not black and white. It's not as simple as it, it comes down to now we're again putting our trust in a referee to but not. With have. that situation, VAR would take over. Indeed. But, but and that's where VAR, VAR would be better than an offside VAR because you well, can see it in a lot better. So, yes and no. VAR is only good in that situation. We talked about consistency before. Mm-hmm. If, the, right. if, if this decision went to the VAR and this one didn't go to the VAR the, and the VAR has a different interpretation. Then we get into this difficult situation of consistency of decisions because the decision should be taken by the referee on the field. That's where the okay, referring so to the monitors came in. Then here's my question: If we'll say the view of the referee is impeded ever so slightly by a running defender, doesn't see the touch, right? It happens. Yeah. You know, people bump into referees all the time. Balls hit off them all the time, right? So it's bound to happen that someone runs in front of them, they miss an incident, or they. Can't catch the end of it. 
So is every incident reviewed by VAR? Well, we know that can't be the case because in Chelsea and Spurs, we had a referee that was standing right in front of an egregious foul. Mm. You could literally, you look at the replay, he couldn't have not seen the foul, didn't call anything, it resulted in a goal. VAR didn't Because it's explicitly stated, VAR will not re-referee the game. Right, exactly. So now we're getting to a margin that is so fine of where does technology step in? Do we bring in a, sorry, we're going back to rugby union, a fourth official that is there to actually go. Is that not what VAR is? But if they're not an the actual, the if they're not an actual official that can go, hey, you should check that out. You should go review that, because that's what TMO do. Yeah. So I would prefer, if time wasn't a problem, I would prefer I every but, decision. And I don't want to bring VAR looks at it time to tell the referee, hey, we took a look at that, and I think you should take another look at it and see if that's what you really want to do. Um, and so I'd like to see that. But the problem but with that is, if it is like, yeah. hey, we, we well, just... that's how they do it in rugby union. Yeah. It speaks to the earpiece, and in fact, it's not even earpiece, it broadcasts, it comes over the broadcasting. You can hear the fourth official talking to the official on the field that says, hey, um, John, I think you should take another look at that. Pure it's transparency. Like, okay. It oh, is yeah. completely transparent. Love that. Love so, that. I, 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 I like for the fans in the stadium, by the way. I haven't been to a rugby union game since it. You, can get, get... A, you can get a thing to listen in. Okay, yeah. I mean, uh, you can also transistor listen, radio you, in my You account. can also listen in to Radio 5 Live. <laughs> That was that was the third level of technology you experienced. We used to we used to go to the game with um, a transistor radio, yeah, with a little white I used to do that. white. I was like, going to say I, I, earphone I, you got. It. I don't know why, but it never gave me two. It was just it was like, like one. yeah, it was always one. One, and you yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you could score the, the game. game with your other ear. Yeah, yeah. it was, was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, I didn't have one of those. I like it was kind of like a Walkman, but it had the radio in it, a tuner. Yeah, the little the big dial mm-hmm. and then the tape thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's, you know, one of those hey, we're transistor radio. That's cool. Way we were born in the '80s. You <laughs> weren't. So, anyway. so hand, handball. Rule. He definitely wasn't. <laughs> so handball rule. Um, Sixteen. <laughs> I went seventeen. Oh, I'm sorry, Neil. You're fine. So, so the handball rule, and this is some stats for you, by the way, which I think are absolutely bull. But um, these are stats of handball with VAR since we just talked about it. So, there was a poll, and uh, forty thousand people answered this poll. And the question was, has has the VAR with handball, has, is it football is ruined, handball and VAR are ruining the game, the interpretation with VAR is too strict, let's see how it goes, players will get used to it, it's now in line with other leagues who've got more stricter rules, or it's given more clarity. And those were the, 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 the polls that, that he asked. Well, 57% of people said that the Handball rule and VAR is ruining the game. Oh, that's horseshit. 57%. How many handball calls do you have in like an entire and all of them read weekend? the rag. Yeah, probably. But how many how many times do you see like a like a game changing handball rule enforced over the course of an entire weekend? Maybe yeah. two or three. People don't look at it that way. They look at that that's one incident what's in that, the Premier League. Yeah, really? they look at that one incident in that one game. That affected them in that one moment. Whether they won or lost, they are. Because I'll, I'll tell you this right now: this of of the three rules we've discussed, and these are three big rules. This one is 
for me, it's like, you know what? At the end of the day, if it touches your, your hand or your arm below your sleeve or whatever, that's it. It's a handball. Don't deal. But that isn't what the rule states at all. I know. I know. But I'm just saying, like, there is a very simple solution <laughs> if you want to complain about VAR doing what they're Until doing. Until the ball deflects off the defender, it hits your hand, you were too close to get out of the way, your hand was in a natural position, it falls at your feet, you knock it in the goal, they say, no, the rule is it hit your hand. I don't want it. To, I don't think I want that. I don't want it to be black and white. I know. Well, that's what I was saying from from yeah. the beginning of this. But you just said it's so team. simple. If it hits your hand, it's a handball. I'm saying that in direct opposition to the so. people saying it's ruining the sport, which is ridiculous. Yeah, I mean that's insane. So we talked a bit before about the attacking player in the box scoring goal accidental. Now the rule for the defender is unfortunately seems to be more strict. Yeah. Um, Pretty much a defender. If it hits the ball, if it hits your hand, it's going to be a handball. There are some exceptions. You know, as long as the hand is near, is within the silhouette of the body, which I think is a very odd way of putting it. The hand is are you going to look like super you know, Da Vinci's man? But the hand the within the silhouette of the body. The silhouette of the body is, by definition, where the body is. So your hand is literally going to be wherever your silhouette. Is. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's you a can't, ridiculous. You can't have a silhouette without the body part causing the reflection. It's there. an insanely obtuse way to, to present that rule. But yes, essentially, what they're saying is that the hand is away from the body. And the other clarification I read today, which shocked me as well, was pretty much any time the hand is above the shoulder. I was going to say, yeah, that's, that, that's that makes a, sense. Then your hand is within the silhouette of the body. If you're out here, though. Even if you're doing a slide tackle, if you do a slide tackle and your hands are up when you're sliding, and then, your hand, then it touches your hand, then that would be a handball. Your hand is above your shoulder. But that would, I feel like that would make a little more sense because at that point, you're, you're kind of throwing caution to the wind there. Where potentially, that, potentially, it comes back to what we discussed before. If you're throwing caution to the wind, you're being reckless. And perhaps yeah. it would be a foul and so not a handball in a way. So, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, it's um, but yeah, the I felt sorry for James Milner the other day. Um, he against, slid uh, it. Napoli. Yeah, against Napoli. I'm not arguing it wasn't a penalty. I, I could. Have, I mean, I'm going to, but and I'm going to argue that Van Dijk's wasn't either. Um, I think they got both of them right. But Milner dove in. I think his hand was in a pretty natural position. I agree. And I don't remember the incident. The it's ball like, uh, shot from in yeah. No, I remember when it happened. I just don't remember it. Yeah, shot from uh, shot from. Yeah. So yeah, Mil- Milner sl- slid in, and his hand was away from his body, so it was a penalty. Um, I just uh, don't. I don't know. Uh, when you make it an honest play on the ball, I I would love to see. I guess I'd love. I to like how you just put that. An honest play on the ball. Yes. yes. I'd like to the game. Yeah. I'd like to see it perhaps enforced a little bit more like that. If you're just trying to play the... In fact, in a lot of this, my offside rule and and my um, handball rule would be, if you're playing within the spirit of the game, then... That's why we need to be able to have trust in our officials to be yeah. able to say, like, hey, there's a difference between what Everton and Newcastle do. We see it on the pitch. They're clearly trying to cheat the game. Yes. Versus what Milner did. Milner wasn't looking for an advantage. Milner was playing the ball and something unfortunate happened. Yeah. There needs to be a gray area there where the the, the referee can sit there and comfortably go, <coughs> okay, I know you weren't actively going out of your way to screw things up and cheat. 
So you still so, have to be penalized. So is that an indirect free kick then? Something like that. Sure. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Or even so, just... he doesn't get a yellow card, but they get an indirect free kick. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Um, the problem I have with the Miller one there is that ball could have gone in the goal, and so, so the shot was... might have been going in. So he literally stopped. Stop goal scoring, scoring chance. So I think that one, even if it was by accident, you have to penalize it a little. Yeah, a little, so they, at that point they have to have a penalty kick, which is fair though. That's that's fair, but a yellow card. Yeah, or what used to be worse used to be the double jeopardy. You used to get a red card for handling the ball yeah. in the area, and they would have a penalty. So then they both got the goal, and you played a man down. Yeah. But uh, so talking about the penalty situations, um, there's other situations for penalties. Well, let's go to Van Dyke first. Okay. So, Van Dyke situation. Accidentally standing on somebody's um, foot. To me, the Van Dyke one... He was steamrolling through, he couldn't stop himself. Yeah, steamrolling through, couldn't stop, and he stood on the player's toe. Because you said steamrolling through, I will find it a foul, given the careless and reckless nature. Yeah. But, um, but just standing on somebody's foot it isn't necessarily a foul. No. Um, so It happens in the game. So, yeah. Um, it's accidental. Yeah, yeah. So those two penalties in that game. Incidental, as it would be called, like in in a lot, there is yeah. like an incidental where it's no, that's not a penalty. We can reset from a different position because technically, yes, that's not. On well, the it is in football. In American player. football, gridiron, you've got an incidental, incidental face mask contact. is a different penalty than yes. a deliberate face mask, and um, I think that was back to Tom's suggestion. Yeah. An, an indirect kick, free kick versus. Uh, a penalty kick. Now, of course, what we've just done here is introduced even more interpretation and having to put trust in the referees to make a judgment call. Well, luckily, we have all of this technology that'll help us reel in all of the additional gray area we're creating. Soon it's going to be robots playing. It's going to be robots playing, <laughs> robots refereeing. We're just going to be watching FIFA. We have not got enough time. It's going to be the I London Jets. I do not Jets. think it will be that. It's, yeah, so we can talk about it another time. It's going to be the London Jets from Red Dwarf. Indeed. <laughs> so we, we've touched on offsides. We've touched on the hard tackling and tackling in general. We've and the handball. We've touched on handball. There's one other thing that I do want to talk about with you, Neil. And Tom, obviously, because I you are here. still here. Uh, I think... It, <laughs> Let's let's settle on a, a, a bit of a fun topic. Uh, penalties to settle games. So this was your idea to to discuss because I don't know so, anyone so, that likes. Yeah. So a lot of people have said it's the best worst way to settle a, a, a game. Worst way. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. It's um, the best of the worst options. Yeah, so I'm going to challenge that with some other creative uh, ideas. So um, Have we all got ideas for this? Yeah, and, and honestly, I'd love to hear other people's ideas of this, but one idea I have is, well, two ways. I'll give you two ideas. So idea number one, administered by the St. Mary's Catholic School Five-A-Side Tournament every year, was if a game finishes tied, it goes to the number of corners you won in the game. Ooh, I, I don't like, like that. At yeah, all. I don't like that either. Because with corners, that well, with corners, favors the attacking team. It does. It's a shot on target or a shot off target that's been deflected by a an opposing team. Or it's some shit housing in the corner where somebody kicked say, the ball yeah. against his ankles and went out. Yeah, you you the game's tied and you deliberately you don't try and win the game now. You just try and deflect it off the defender so it goes out for a corner. 
Well, you or guys have seen that video. I don't even remember. You can start those. taking long shots from just outside the 18-yard box, and they're all going to get deflected out to a corner. Well, well, that's exactly it. Like you're rewarding shit houseery. Yeah, and that potentially. So I disagree with that one. I don't like that one. So the other one, which I thought would be exciting, is that immediately after the final whistle, so 90 minutes, the game's tied. You you reduce down to um, say six aside at that point, or. Five aside, whatever. Eight aside, maybe. Five aside pick, on a full size pitch. Yeah, pick it. You pick might as well play sevens. So I feel right. Okay, sevens, eight. <gasps> so let's just say you go to eight. You go to eight aside. You play yeah. five minutes with eight aside. You can pick any players you want, and every five minutes after that, can you, lose, last you lose. You lose a player. Every five minutes, you lose a player. You know what I like? After what? What is full? Extra you just minutes? get left with two goalkeepers at that point. Don't you? That, you don't have to have two goalkeepers. You could have your striker, and they could have their goalkeeper. You can pick any of your players to be the last guy. So I love that idea. What I would do is at the it's point where we would start taking penalties. At that point, you still put your starting eleven on. Every minute that ticks off the clock, you got to take someone off. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Same thing. I'm just saying you just go down going, to, but it, yeah. it would be quicker and frenzied and a. Yeah, nightmare. I so, miss Golden Goal. No, I miss Golden no. Goal. No, it made it more interesting. It did not. It, it didn't work. Did. Golden Goal and Silver and Goal did not work. You silver two, Goal, Silver Goal. Remind you, me. So Golden Goal was if you score, score. the game's over. Yeah. A Silver Goal was if you scored, then it only went to the rest of that extended oh, yeah, period, yeah. and they had a chance to equalize. So if you scored a a winning goal in extra ta- first half of extra time. It ended the other up. team have to score an equalizing goal by the end of that period. Yeah. The game doesn't end immediately. But yeah, I remember that really. Well. That yeah. that was very brief. I actually don't hate that idea. That's more common with extra time, like in American American yeah, hockey. Yeah. Well, I was going to say NBA. Actually, a lot of yeah, because in American the sports there is no draw because there has to be a winner and a loser. No, there's a draw in NFL. Yeah. Is, is now the tie is back in the game. Oh. It was reintroduced and, four and or five years ago. It's it's been in and out over the years. Um, yeah. So, yeah. oh, and, no, NHL doesn't have a tie. NHL has the you go to the um, overtime. The no, then you go to the shootout with the keeper, shootouts, and they have different different points awarded if you're winning the shootout versus if you're losing the shootout. I I thought NHL could still draw though. Yeah. So anyway, no back idea. to so different football. ideas on um so. I don't really like penalties. It's it's exciting. I mean, come on, we had two penalty it's, kick it's finals last year, and uh, against Chelsea. <laughs> so. it, it's it's and a hard there's something, but there's something good about that, yeah. It's exciting. It's yeah. the thrill of the chase. There's something weirdly odd about one. seeing grown men crouching on the floor, stroking each other's legs. Dan, that's for you. Oh no! That was pretty <laughs> that is super inside baseball here, guys. <laughs> so. So I yeah, think that I know what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah, so we have a couple of guys at the uh, at the pub who um, have weird rituals during penalties and uh, hide behind chairs. Yeah, basically, if it's worked once, it's going to work every time. So we're going to do that. Um, I once drank a pint of milk while watching a game <laughs> yeah. when we won. Yeah, now I'm going to drink a pint of milk every time. So, oh, no. so yeah, I wore um, that shirt once. We lost. Can't wear it again. So yeah, superstitions uh, are there, but um, so I do think there's some other entertaining ways. I do think they're reducing. Reducing the players consistently through the game, I think, would be pretty interesting. I do worry about injuries there. So let's take it to its extreme. You're going to have two your two fastest players. You put the ball in the center circle. They both start on the goal line. 
and it's just a sprinter who gets there first. I love that idea. That's cold. And be like gladiator. Yeah, it'd be like gladiatorial do, do, do combat. You get, do you get? Or how about you have? It's mortal combat. Ten no keepers. I'm just see who. Nobody allowed in the area. No, no keeper. Yeah, yeah. And, and no oh. one's allowed in the box except for your attacking players. There should be uh, Uno rules, house rules. <laughs> You're at Anfield. Well, then I won't no play house. on your pitch because I know what your house rules are for <laughs> Uno Tom. We don't stack any special cards. <laughs> we stack numbers though. Okay. Okay. So, fair, fair. so I, th- I think there's some interesting things that could be tried out, and um, you know, I'd like to see some alternatives um, to penalties tried out. A goal, a goal should only be allowed if all eleven players touch the ball first. I like that too. That's that's a fun if you play FIFA on easy mode and no, try to do it. You know? It isn't a fun. It, there that, was a game that used to do that. That would be so oh, stupid. Really? Yeah. That would be that would be the most dumb idea ever. I know. I was just throwing okay. we're, we're throwing fun ideas out there, dude. Be Welcome to Zinger Week. They have to be real. Well, I they mean, realistically, there aren't a lot of options unless you just have them. But aren't play all rules all imaginary until they're made up? <laughs> You're right there too. Wasn't it, sure, there's others. How about count, count back of fouls? Wasn't it George Bourne so, Shaw that said uh, we don't get old because we got stopped playing? I don't want to stop playing because we get old. Yeah. I don't ever want to see a, a match decided based on what has already happened. Like, that's why I don't like the corners idea. I don't like, you know, the fouls idea. I don't like that kind of stuff. I want to see, okay, well, we're clearly two sides that are, on this day, as even as we could possibly Shots on be. target would be the best way to go with that. Yeah, but, but I don't like that either. That's retrospective. It's, it's, it's a point. I did, oh. Yeah, exactly. Or sorry. I don't want Nick's retrospective results. XG. X bloody G. <laughs> We're going to have a t-shirt made. We're never going to have a, a, a t-shirt made with our actual name on it. X-Bloody G. bloody G. I'd wear the hell out of that. No, but my point is, I want to see, we've drawn up to this point. It's probably been either a really boring match or an exciting match. But we are so, so then, So then zero the corners out. Um, and when you go into after 90 minutes and say, corners now count. Corners or goals count towards the uh, final result now. Because that would you encourage the the, ball it, in the net, it encourages the attacking team, though. I agree. To get forward. Yeah. I just think there needs to be one more step. There has to be a goal that wins at the end of the day. Or a corner. No, it's got it, the ball has to go across the line. It has to go in the net. What, so, what if instead of penalties, so in, Ameri- you do, in American you football, do, you get like, so just to be clear here, in American football, it wouldn't be sufficient to win it on the safety. Then. I mean, that's. One more reason why I don't like American <laughs> football. I don't like the NFL. Um, all right. I think that's it for uh, penalties. Were there any other rules? You one second. I just want up? one thing. So corners. If we went by corners for the Istanbul game, right, oh God. we would have lost 10 to 4. That's okay. But we, hey, played, hey. we played better that night. In the second half, yeah, exactly. In the second half, but we—it's. I wish you could say the number of corners in the first half was in the second half. You probably can. So while Tom looks that up, I'll—I'll say a a few of the things that would be interesting to talk about. So obstruction. I hate the time wasting um, of attackers when you're one nil up, holding the ball in the corner and obstructing. Um, So hate that. Um, do you think that that should just be enforced? Well, it's actually covered under the tackling. Um, you can't. Obs- I didn't say this before, but another reason for a foul 
is obstructing or attempting to obstruct a player from play, making a play on the ball, which is clearly what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. And no, so, it's... to me, it's just enforcing the fa- it's a, it's a foul um, rule. So, so it should be more strictly enforced. I think so. To yeah. Avoid time wasting and shit housing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, that that's one there. Um, encroaching on a free kick. Um, if where you're standing close to you the stand like, I mean, it's it's standard practice. If you give a free kick away, and Liverpool do this a lot because they, they press so high that if they if the if they give a if they do give a free kick away, it's really difficult to get back. So somebody goes and stands right on top of the ball to stop the quick free kick and being then taken. They slowly walk backwards. And then they slowly walk, or the ref- they wait for the referee to tell them to to get back ten yards. You have to get back ten yards, or I'm going to give you a yellow card. Well. I think we should go straight to, you immediately have to vacate the area. You know what you're doing? Yeah. Get back. Or it's time wasting, and um, now I do think that as a may have a negative effect, because people wouldn't commit so many people forward, so in case it was a foul, they couldn't get back. Yeah. But that's, a, that's another one. Um, arguing with the ref. Um, that's a huge one. That's a huge know, problem. So can I'd I like say, to see encroaching, arguing the ref. Um, wait, can I just say something yeah. on arguing with the ref? Because I heard it, it, it was something I was listening to. I don't remember what pundit, but I'm sure they all say it. Uh, part of the reason that there is potentially a dip in quality of officiating is because people don't want to be referees in the Premier League because of the abuse that they take. Yeah. So if we more strictly enforce arguing with the referee and the kind of stuff that the, the players get away with saying to the referee, that might over, it, it would take a long time. But if you make that more a, a, a stricter enforcement to the point where we can get it to the way we have it in rugby, where the players and the referees have a mutual respect, but, then you'll get a higher quality of official over time as people go, well, I don't have to take the abuse and the shithousery of these players because they're not allowed to do it anymore. That might be something I want to do. Totally agree, and the other thing I don't agree with that you said is it would take a long time. It hasn't taken a long time to get here. Um, the number of referees has dropped off precipitously in the last few years because abuse has become unchecked, and so I'd like to see it. But it's not just the abuse from the players, it takes it's the a, abuse from the fans. It takes a lot longer to rebuild a house than it is to take one down, though. That that would be a culture change. Yeah, that's fair. As for the abuse by the fans, nah. Yeah. Back, back when I was a Six, seven-year-old watching rugby league in Northern England. My dad taught me. Rugby league is not real rugby. They don't really tackle. Fighting talk. When they get tackled, they're allowed to stop the play and roll the ball back. Hey, hey, the finish line is in sight and all of a sudden. Let's not go there. But all I was going to say is that. Unless you're a Northampton fan. That's all. What, in Massachusetts? No. Northampton, Massachusetts? No. Lovely place. This is a terrible way to end this episode. (laughs) Talking about rugby league. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> uh, what about you? You mentioned one other thing. Arguing with the ref, I think we're all on the same page about. There was one other one, and that is penalties in the box. Did you have uh, any thoughts on that? Yeah, the penalties in the box is just the one where when you're clearly not in a goal scoring opportunity, so you're heading away from goal. Let's, for example, you're heading away from goal, you're on the byline, and you're running towards the corner flag, but you're in the area and you get fouled. Um, there's no way that should be a penalty kick. To me, an indirect free kick, well, take a direct free kick from there, I'd be fine with two. But there's just certain situations that 
if you're not in a goal scoring opportunity, I don't think a free one on one kick with the um, with the goalkeeper is the right penalty. So that is a change that I, I would like to see. And after, out of all, we we asked the question earlier of of what of any of the rules you'd like to change. Probably not the handball rule for me. Probably not the offside rule for me. Probably not the tackling rule. It's probably either the penalties where you're not in a goal scoring opportunity, um, the obstructing, and probably more than all of them, the arguing with the ref is the one I'd like to see um, changed or enforced more. Arguing with the ref, I agree. Yeah, yeah, I would say that would probably be. I, I, I have a lot of thoughts on on the offside rule, which we talked to death. So, but other than that, it would be arguing with the ref. Yeah, mm. I just. I don't like it in any sport, but our sport specifically is, it's... It's dire. Yeah. It's very dire. It's awful. It's awful. Yeah. All right. Closing thoughts, fellas. I had a lot of fun today. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It'd be interesting to see how this episode goes down. Um, but more than anything, I'm looking forward to Liverpool back being back in action. Yeah. We're, yeah. Still, we're still, what, a week out. Week out. So. Does that mean that listeners are going to have another one of these episodes next week? Yeah, you're going to have another another shithouse episode. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> uh, this is probably going to be either your favorite episode or your least favorite episode, but whatever it ends up being, I hope you enjoyed your time with us. Please One last enjoy. plug. We oh, mentioned it earlier. Jesus Christ, Tom. That was no, no. I'm not Jesus Christ. I can't Go on. Go on. Our last plug. We forgot to mention our Twitter. Okay. Twitter. Come on underscore Redmen. There it is. We're live. Come on, Redmen. There it is, uh, uh, Twitters out there, whoever's tweeting, twatting, don't, don't be a twat. whatever it is. We will catch you next week. Enjoy. Enjoy.